you cold-blooded bastard. I'll tell you what I think of it. I live to see you eat that contract. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! <laughs> Episode 82 of Gundam at MHQ. I am Chris, and I'm joined by my usual cohorts in crime, Solbro and Neo. Say hello, guys. Hello. Welcome, Gundam Nation. All right. So in this episode, we're going to be jumping into some more than meets the eye with a discussion of the completely heartless and soulless Transformers Dark of the Moon. All right. Com- completely off the, uh, the, the encyclopedia, right? Doesn't yeah. even show up there. It's not in the Bible. Or the Bible. It's not in the writer's Bible. It doesn't have any writer's Bible. Another yeah. Sir Michael Bay joint. And then we're going to get into a listener topic from good old Mula Flaga talking about the different Gundam universes and if you would live in them or not. But before that, we have the usual segment, Neo's News. And uh, Neo, uh, I think you, you have some, some news of your own before you get to the, the submissions. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet? No. no. No, I'm not going to say anything to you. Secret. Secret, secret, secret. Yeah. But, um... That's to make you listen to the next episode, see? It's called okay. user retention. It's called putting in a hook, see? <laughs> yeah, no, not, not yet. But, yeah, uh, listener submitted news articles, and I just want to thank everybody for their submissions. And, um, if, like always, if you have anything, just put it to the... Um, Neo's listeners uh, submitted news articles thread in the Mecha Talk forum in the Gundam section, and uh, you know some pretty good news here. Um, I know that we're get, we're getting to um, you know the summer con season. I think we're pretty much in the middle of it, so we had some great stuff last episode. A little bit less this this episode, but I'm sure next episode we'll probably have some more with some of the uh, I think Comic Cons this weekend as we're recording. So. Um, or this week, I'm sorry. But, yeah, this, uh, this week coming up, you got it. Right. So the first one here is from Bent Noir. And this is, uh, he's got a submission here coming from the Anime News Network. And one of the last things that were as told from the Anime Expo this year was uh, that Makoto, uh, mecha de- mechanical designer Makoto Kobayashi, uh, you know, known for such things as uh, Double Zeta, Giant Robo, Last Exile, uh, Space Battleship Yamato um, Resurrection is saying that he's working on a remake of the of Space Battleship Yamato for release of uh, next year sometime. So, of course, that's um, a very popular franchise, and it'll be kind of interesting to see how that uh, how that works here. And uh, there was also, I'm sure people remember, there was the live-action remake of uh, Yamato um, last December. So... Um, you know, we'll definitely keep you posted on that because um, be interested in seeing how that works out. Because you know, some of that some of that animation didn't, doesn't always uh, survive too well. But you know, hopefully they keep the the same old stories and stuff, same type of story writing. So thank you, 
Mr. Vent Noir for your submission. And another submission here from Mr. Vent Noir is also from the Anime News Network. And this was other additional news was from that um, the, the anime Fafner is getting a sequel. And um, it's, um, you know, we'll definitely keep you posted on that because it looks like there's, uh, you know, it's still kind of in the uh, development stages here. But it was uh, the green, the green light has been given for oh. new sequel for the Green uh, Lantern light. The Green Lantern <laughs> light. Uh, Ryan Reynolds lit the light for you. So, um, but thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your uh, submission there. And the next one here is from Anubis. And in... Um, this is funny. Uh, this is also comes from the Anime News Network, but uh, there is a town in Japan, and uh, they're going to construct, um, voluntarily construct a life-size version of Shars Red Zaku. So um, it's actually going to be in the Tokaji Prefecture, north of Tokyo. What? Mibu is known for its many factories of plastic models and stuff. And it's also the current home of the Bandai Museum. So uh, the the youth members have raised the possibility of building this life-size Zaku, and they're going to be doing it from uh, you know publicity generated from their internet forums, and they're looking for donations and stuff like that. And uh, be kind of interested in seeing what it's going to look like. I'm, I'm sure it'll be better than the uh, Chinese Gundam that was done a few a few months ago, or. No, that wasn't a Gundam. That was just some, uh, you know, tribute to uh, Super Robots and stuff. But uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you, Mr. Anubis, for your submission. And uh, the last, uh, the last couple little articles here, and and hopefully we don't have to hear too much about this because I think this is kind of dead. This is coming from Awesome eighty eight and Mr. Kaon73, and it's the news that so far it looks like the old uh, live-action Akira movie that everybody's so wanting not to, not to happen. Looks like it's uh, suffering some setbacks, and this is one time I really want a movie to set some setbacks. So as in, <laughs> as in completely Ooh. being set back, and whoever bought those rights just realized you lost your money. So... Um, you know that that's that's some good news there. So definitely check out their postings there. But um, you know, thank you for their submissions, Mr. Kaon seventy three and Awesome seventy eight. So uh, before before we move on to our first topic, uh, Chris has got some mailbag news, and uh, you know, go ahead with uh, some of those questions from the old mailbag. We got some questions from listeners around the internet submitted on the internet machines for <laughs> us that will perform live for your entertainment. <laughs> and satisfaction. Uh. Yahtzee eighty eight asks. No. Uh, he says with many modern remakes of seventies and eighties super robot shows like Riding, Guy King, Steel Jig, Dan Cougar, Mazinger, and Get a Robo, with the latest being Shin Mazinger Z and Mazen Kaiser SKL. What is your opinion of these remakes with regards to their base material, and what shows do you think might or should have a remake? As far as I know, Kotetsu Shinji is actually a sequel to the original series. Well, a lot of these shows are really, really old, in some cases dinosaur old, yeah. so you're not going to get people to watch some of these things. I watched the Guy King remake series when it was airing, and I enjoyed it greatly. The original one from the early 70s, I would not even touch that with a 10-foot pole, honestly. <laughs> That's too old even for me. Yeah. Damn. I, I'd have to agree with you. I think on, on, on some of that, especially some of the Super Robot stuff, it really is 
extremely dated. I don't really have too much of a problem with these these remakes as long as they're done uh, well and, and you know and done in the spirit of the original show. And you know, it's it's just one of these things that you know I think with anime we're always this is always going to be something we're going to see we're always going to see some reimaginings of certain things and like chris said some of that stuff is just it's so old and just so dinosaurish that oh man it's you know you gotta gotta get the new audience in yeah as much as you want to sit there and give it the benefit of the doubt some of that stuff is really dated i mean it's yeah does not age well and uh some other shows like for example uh dan kruger the the nova show which is not a remake it's just sort of a uh spinoff almost with some nazi original i actually enjoyed nova more than the original dan kruger which might be heresy to some but the original dan kruger as enjoyable as it was at parts god damn was it really slow and stupid in a lot of other parts that's, so that's the problem with some of those those older shows like that. They do there there do seems to be a lot of filler episodes in some of them. And if there's a way of getting rid of that, that's you know you know. Yeah, so I don't have any problem with it. You know, it's on a case by case basis. And you know, in some of these shows, it's been thirty almost forty years since they originally aired. So yeah, you're gonna want to create something new. You know, for that existing audience, it's still there, but also for the new audience that doesn't know anything about it. Uh, Solbro, any opinion? Um, actually, I have a question to throw out at you guys. I- I'm all for it myself, uh, especially since those those uh, properties still have some kind of value. But um, how do you guys feel about Zambot 3 if they ever took the time to uh, reboot that uh, that series? Because that, that, that qualifies as one of those old 70s robot animes that I, I still want to watch the original of. But, um, Neo, you think that would benefit from being redone? Um, I don't think it would have a problem. I, I, if, I don't think it suffers like some of those that are so dinosaurish and and you know a little stupid because it is a shorter show uh-huh. you know it's it's only it's it only goes up i think to like maybe episode 20 25 or something like that but yeah i mean some of it, it it's pretty dated and you know you got to remember shows like that these aren't you know and i'm sure people are going to say oh well what would you say about like redoing msg and stuff like that well M- you know gundam and stuff those have been continuing franchises for years i mean some of these shows you know like dan cougar and stuff they did them and there really wasn't that much after that point in Zambot 3, there's been nothing continuing in there. So if you wanted to kind of re- revisit that story, yeah, I don't have a problem. Um, is it in dire need of it? I don't, I don't think it's in dire need, but if they redid it, um, I don't think I'd have a problem with it, as long as it stays kind of true to you know what it was doing. So. All right. He also asks... What's your opinion of kaiju movies and specifically regarding Godzilla movies? I've been watching quite a few of them on demand from the Showa era, 50s to 70s, Heisei era, 80s to 90s, and Millennium era, 2000 onwards. My personal favorite is Godzilla vs. Destroyer, and I personally think that the American 98 movie was alright, but I like the cartoon better. The cartoon sequel of the American 98 movie, not the crappy Hanna-Barbera one. I'll make it short and sweet. Not a fan of Kaiju. Not a fan of Tokusatsu. And I'm sorry, that 98 movie, the American one, was utter garbage. Yeah, it was Godzilla name only. That was like Jurassic Park wannabe with giant raptors. Yeah, yeah, and with the with the old Goof Labooth, Matthew Broderick. Uh, huh. <laughs> the original, the original Goof Labooth. Whoa, you know. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I got to say that I have affinity for some of the ones from the 70s. Uh, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Jet Jaguar, uh, especially <laughs> <laughs> Jet Jaguar, boy. Sha! That, that, that noise alone so, tickles so, my... So mm-hmm. popular that Ava Gellion had to rip him off. No doubt. <laughs> 
Didn't they? Oh, sp- no, 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 wait, wait. I forgot. Oh, I forgot Evangelion fans. Even Godzilla ripped off that because Evangelion's completely original and it was a story never told before. Sorry about that, Evan. Nice. Fans. Didn't, didn't want to offend you. But the the dub alone in Jet Jaguar kills me every time I I watch that. And um, there's a few Godzilla movies from the seventies I'm I'm okay with. But um, I get I guess the seventies era is the one I I I can at least attest to enjoying some of those movies. I didn't really watch any of the more recent ones of eighties and up anyway. And um, I can't really attest to any of those. But some of the seventies ones were cool. And Ultraman was cool too. And that's kind of a cross between Kaiju and Tokusatsu. So I I think that era was okay. I enjoy all those movies. I grew up watching them, and I. When they started putting them on Netflix, I started watching some of them. I I I always knew more of the seventies and eighties ones because that's the ones I kind of grew up with as a kid. But I've mm-hmm. I've slowly gone into the you know the nineties and the two thousands, and I I know that there's with that fan base there's lots of fanaticism between what era is better. But I'm not at that point, and I. You know, some of the it's just like anything. Some of those movies are good. Some of them are bad. I've watched some of the um, was like Godzilla 2000, you know, some of that stuff. And it's, you know, it's enjoyable. But I mean, in the end, it's it's men in rubber suits playing giant lizards and stuff. So but, you know, you got to kind of take it for (laughs) a second revelation. Oh, the humanity of it. (laughs) Sorry. Spoiler alert. (laughs) All right. Our next question comes from Nasty Nate. Who says, do you guys think that buying anime used stimulates the anime industry at all? I have mixed feelings on the subject, but at least it's not downloading them and it promotes buying actual products, but I don't know. Okay, Nasty Nate, your question is not stupid, but the mindset from people that led you to ask this question I think is the most retarded thing ever. Oh, wow. Because this started popping up a while back in the game industry, this nonsense of, uh, like, developers and everything just shitting all over GameStop saying that, oh, buying video games used is worse than piracy because we don't get any money, and wah, wah, wah. And I just see this argument spreading like a meme that buying things used is almost like stealing because you're not supporting the original company. Bullshit. Complete and utter bullshit. All right, let's say, for example, let's stick with anime. You go to... uh, movie stop Mm -hmm. and uh nasty nate uh since you got a catra avatar let's say that you see there they have some (laughs) volumes of gundam wing Mm -hmm. and you buy it used is there any ambiguity there should you be feeling bad about that no No. you want to know why bandai already got paid yeah somebody had to buy those gundam wing dvds new for them to eventually become used and get sold back and then you buy them yes indeed here's the other thing that Joe Schmo who sold those Gundam Wing DVDs to Movie Stop, the money he got from that, probably he used it to buy something else that's brand new. Yeah. Oh, that's so how it works. Yeah. The, the recycling of old things, whether it's anime or games, stimulates the purchase of new products. So this argument that uh, buying used doesn't support the industry is complete and utter crap. And I hate that it's an argument that keeps spreading more and more in games from all these whiny studios. And now it, it bothers me to see it in anime as well. Because you don't hear this in other arenas. You don't hear a book publisher say, oh, if you buy something from a used bookstore, it's not supporting the book industry and it's going down. And you won't hear Universal saying, oh, you, you bought a used Blu-ray of Back to the Future. We can't make any money if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> or even record stores, even though. None of them. Record stores. A, a lot of them don't exist anymore. But you know, even back. 
card shops or anything. I mean, yeah. everything's available to use. Do you Comic hear, shops. Do you hear Toyota whining? Oh, you bought a used Corolla. That's not making us any money, see? Or Marvel crying about you know people selling back issues of, of comic books that have been read and then sold back to the comic book store and then resold again. Yeah. You don't hear them complaining yeah, about you, that. You, you ne- yeah, you never hear Marvel complain that they didn't get a piece of Spider-Man number one that sold for you know $25,000 at auction. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it, that whole thing's a touchy subject and it and it's just it's just a way that's showing that the video game industry is in a lot more trouble financially than what people really realize because um you know this whole secondhand uh buy-in use god that's been around pretty much since the the the, the age of commerce began i mean you're always gonna have resellers and like chris stated i mean some of the hardest some of the industries that are getting hit hardest because of technology like books and and stuff like that i mean you would think of anybody the book publishers would be crying the most on something like that but yet they don't so yeah uh, this is just a bunch of nonsense cooked up by video game developers and you know they're full of crap because they're trying to demonize used purchases of games and now they're doing this whole stick that all these companies are just signing up for this bandwagon of punishing you for buying used games of oh you wanna you wanna play it online well you gotta buy this ten dollar online pass and if you don't you can't play online and, and, and like I said, it, it's just showing that that industry is in a lot more financial hurt than what they're what they're portraying. Because you know the the greatest example of that too is you know like uh, you know the auto industry. I mean, GM went bankrupt, but when when uh, they're not complaining that you know uh, a local Toyota dealership is using is selling used uh, Chevrolets. Um, and not giving them a piece on it, so it's just yeah. It's I think it's I think it's also it's one of the it's one of those things where people are trying to sound like all kind of higher high and mighty, and you know trying to be you know oh well you know trying to justify other things. So I think it's I think it's retarded. So bro, um yeah I, I I think it's also bullshit too. And and the reason why is that if all these other mediums and and other types of stores can do that, and no one's ever cracked on them about this what should make uh anime art gaming the game industry any different in japan they have secondhand manga stores all over the place and secondhand anime stores i knew that used to be frowned upon hell selling games secondhand in japan used to be frowned upon well you gotta, now it's all the rage you have and, to look at it this way too the yeah. way that you attract i mean just to put in an infrastructure to track mm-hmm. the sale of used merchandise would the, the a direct result of that would be increasing the price of this used merchandise so in the end if you increase the price of this used merchandise it might actually um, have people f- not buy it because maybe they're saying well maybe I'm not gonna buy this anymore because it's you know I, it went from you know this game went from 10 bucks to now it's $25 so they may not buy it so in the end you might be hurting those industries in general and then, and then you know you would hurt those outlets and then you know, like Chris said, when they sell these things, they go in and they and they buy this new product. That's how they generate cash flow. So yep, absolutely, kind of so, silly. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm all for secondhand uh, anime stores. It's better than piracy. It really is. And you you're buying the product in a, in, a, in at least some official fashion. You can at least show a receipt for it, <laughs> as opposed to hey, I grab this show off the internet and I don't really feel like having to buy it on DVD or Blu-ray or anything like that. You are supporting the industry. If it, even if it's not as direct as buying a new product, you still are supporting it, just as Chris and Neo said. So I I gotta I gotta. I don't know, I don't know if you're supporting the industry. I mean, you're supporting business. You're 
supporting you, yeah. supporting your economy. I mean, but I the, mean, if you if you happen whole, to have yeah, but their F- whole their whole argument is the yeah. game developers is that you know because you're buying a two year old copy of uh, Gears of War two or you know however old it is that they're not getting the resale value of it then. You know, but they never would anyway. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's either that or piracy when it yeah. comes down to it. And it, it, what they're looking at is the initial tracking sales for those games. Yes, there's going to be some longevity and, and older and, and copies as they age in the cell shelf will sell, but not nearly as much as they did when the game first came out. So they have to accept the fact that their game is going to be out there in circulation. People are going to beat the game, finish it, and want to you know, turn it in to buy mm-hmm. another game. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to find itself in the hands of another owner. Yeah. It's just how it is. If it, you're going to put out a hard copy of something that is the reality of the situation if they can't seem to get with that no they've been too bad for them yeah Yeah, like i said they're they're in a lot more financial straits than what they're than what it's being known that's why they're trying this they're trying to uh, scavenge money like that it's it's when 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 you have companies do things like that and they start to really try to scrimp and grab like every little bit of money that they feel that's due to them then you know something there's issues so enjoy your game enjoy your games while you last may not be able to play them anymore (laughs) Might be back to Hangman and Pictionary. So positive, Neo. So positive. <laughs> Next, we have some questions from Angel Wing Zero, who says, First off, Chris, I'd like to thank you and Pedro for turning me on to One Piece in Chaos Theater. I'm currently caught up and loving the show. Damn, you must have some a lot of free time on your hands if you're caught up on a show that's over 500 episodes, dude. Damn. That's, that's um, man. Un- unemployment will do that to you. <laughs> I sure it does. His question is, you guys have talked about the granddaddies of the real robot half of Mecha, Gundam, Macross, etc. Will you guys be talking about some of the super robot progenitors like Mazinger Z and Gitterobo and their later incarnations, Mazing Kaiser and Shin Gitterobo? Well, we're probably going to be talking in the future about Zambot 3, so we got one of those guys down. As for the yeah. others, uh, who knows? We, we plan these things yeah. out, and uh, you know, some of these shows require a lot of investment, and it depends on our schedules and everything, so... There's that. And his last question is, I hope you guys do another con sometime. At Yasumi Con, I was stuck next to Zambot 3 when he started slamming double O with my newly bought Nadley figure. Fun stuff all around. Thanks for all of the shows, everyone. Keep up the awesome job. Well, Sobro can give you a money-back guarantee if you want satisfaction for that whole situation. You had to bring that up. Yep. How could I not? How could I not? Hey, well, like, like I mentioned last episode, I know I'm I'm making an appearance at uh Anime Festival Orlando in a little bit with a bunch of other podcasters. Um, at, at the yeah, beginning but that's of that's August. not that's not Gundam. They no, no, it. it's not. No, it's not. And um, a Gundam. Uh, that, that's just your usual podcast whoring yourself out. Thing. Hey, man. Hey, it's been a while. <laughs> But yeah, as for another Gundam podcast, I, I, I guess we'll see what the future holds. Depends that, on our schedules that, and would, travel and availability. Yeah, and, and the other thing I would say is, you know, pressure these, uh, pressure these, po- these conventions. Yeah, yeah. If, Talk if they, to them. there's um there's some mecha based convention that's happening so, um somewhere in, in in the Beltway sometime soon. If if people want to assemble the uh the funds to fly us up and give us hotel stay and take they care, they haven't of invited me, and, so they don't exist uh, as far as I'm concerned. I no, I haven't been invited either. I'm just saying. That, that's I'm just a, saying. That's a, that's a great way to try to get on a convention there. But you say that after they confirm you on there about travel, not, <laughs> not this. Uh, oh, you, if you could fly me. In, 
let's see if we can get on the docket hey. first. But what I'm saying, what I would say to people is, you know, you know, just ask because you just never know. And and then because sometimes they might listen to fans more more than they're going to listen to people like us because I'm yeah. sure they get tons and tons of requests. And you also have to realize too, these a lot of these conventions, there's there's a there's a douchebag element where it's all, um, you know, if if you're not part of the 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 douchebagness that some of these people are in, then you're you're going to be ostracized. So. There you go. All right. Uh, next, <laughs> we have a comment from Blood Knight who says, You guys have opened my eyes to some great anime over the years. Our Battler Dunbine and Legend of Galactic Heroes come to mind. And for that, I thank you. He did have a question after this, but then he edited to say that he got his answer in a previous episode. So we'll move on to our last question, which comes from Prince of Zeon. He says, hey guys, first of all, I don't know if I've said this yet, but great job on the podcast. It's a great piece of entertainment, and it's just the perfect slice of nerdiness every two weeks or so. And for the question, he asks, what to you makes an effective mecha design? Is it a case-by-case basis over which design you like, or is there a consistent theme running through all of the suits you have a proclivity towards, i.e. big backpacks, sleek <laughs> versus bulky, etc.? Solbro. <laughs> Damn, just to throw it right in my eye. <laughs> I, I think if the if the mech has an adaptability uh, and it, and it's designed say if it's a jack of all trades mecha, um, I, I don't want a suit that's too bulky. I, I want a suit that has mobility. So I, I do like a sleek design when it comes to a mobile suit. I I, I also have a preference for transformability too. Um, although it's a gimmick, and I understand that in the '80s we're loaded with transformable mecha. If my mecha can I transform into a vehicle, man, I'm down. <laughs> I am down, especially if it has if if it has uh, at least three modes, man. I you know the Valkyrie is one of my favorite uh, mecha, and um, I look at that when uh when it comes down to mecha design, and and even though um it is not indestructible, it's it's very uh ad- adaptable to the situations it's in. So um that's what I look for. So bro, uh, you deserve some applause. You said. You said Valkyrie and not Veritech. I know. You've, you've come so far. You've beat me so many times to beat that out my system that uh, <laughs> yes. I am now saying Valkyrie instead of Veritech. I still I love the Veritech, and uh, that's what I was first introduced to, but I have now relented to the fact that it was always the Valkyrie and, ha- and has been the Valkyrie since its inception. So It's, it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But um, you go ahead, Neil. What's your um, idea of a good design? I'm case by case because I, I think... Um, you know, it just—it's just kind of that—that it just has to have that kind of wow factor for you. Um, I like some of the transforming suits, but then some are just—you know—they're just there, and they're—they're, they're, you know, like you said, they're—they're they're kind of a gimmick. Um, I like uh, probably if, if there was a thing, I, I like more of the close combat ones because they always seem to have a little bit, um, you know, a little bit more style to them, but. You know, in the end, it is a, it is a, it is kind of a case by case thing. You know, because I like sleek things like the strike and the Axia, but then I like little fat, little fat boogers like uh, Gun Tank. I mean, he's 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 overweight as hell, but he can do the job. So he's a loser. Uh, oh man, <laughs> he's not the biggest. Uh, I know that much because he's a little fat boy. But you, you got to kind of, you know, you, um, you know, like I said, it's stupid. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Oh. I didn't say that stuff. Damn, hateful. Just hateful with Gun Tank. Jesus. Damn. He's just trying to do he's just trying to do what's right, man. He's just he's trying to hang in a in a universe with, where all the other mobile suits have legs and can him, him and, slide and, around and Because he's a cripple. Yeah, exactly. I mean you 
you try to be you try to be a, a, a handy capable mobile suit in a world. Yeah, you know of, what? I know one that did it better. It's called the Hildolfer. Oh, but that oh. always always bringing that into the into why, the conversation. Yeah, uh, <laughs> why are you always bringing up the Hildolfer, man? If, like, it, if there was no gun tank, there'd be no Hadolfer because they wouldn't they wouldn't have made the Hadolfer because they knew they they that's that's just for fanboys to try to you know to try to eclipse the awesomeness. Whatever, of it's better. It's not super <laughs> retarded and fat. Hey, did, did the Hadolfer go through space? No, it didn't have to. Yeah, well, gun, gun tank did. It's designed for Earth because whoever heard of something as dumb as a tank flying through space? That's retarded. Oh man, <laughs> it's one of the greatest things ever, man. And the the, the big op- the big open glass canopy. I mean, that well, offered so Well, they got much. rid of in the movies because they realized how freaking retarded is that to have a stupid tank flying through space? Oh, man, they did. That was... They, Tomino got pressured. He got pressured by Bandai for more models. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Nice. I prefer clear utility. I tend to prefer jack-of-all-trades suits mm-hmm. and robot designs. I also prefer mobility, so sleek designs always do it for me more than bulky ones. I'll always take a Zeta over a double Zeta. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> certainly take a strike over any of the backpack monstrosities from Seed, so. <laughs> backpack, backpack's gone wrong. Yep, backpack's gone wild. Ale, ale pack's on crack, man. And that wraps up the mailbag, and of course, you can always submit more questions in the mailbag. Drop box thread on mechatalk.net in the Gundam subform so please keep those questions coming I know you always do. Wait a minute you you skipped the best question of all time in Princess Eon's uh, signature did Fats Goodman really die at the end of Fats counterattack? He did. He did. <laughs> why, why, you just screwed up the Blu-ray release of Fats counterattack. It was, oh, it was happening next week. So None of these spoilers. people are going to buy it. Spoilers. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> None of these people are going to buy it now because they know the ending. Oh, Lelouch man. is dead. I'm not an employee of Gundam. The, I'm just, uh, I'm just Fats, a dick. You have to remember that Fats' Fats's counterattack was it's the first from the Gundam production house. <laughs> our first joint. Nice. Our, our, our first joint with, uh, I don't know, whoever does like Steven Spielberg's thing. Yeah, because nice. he gave us money for Fats' counterattack. Well, I'm looking forward to the revenue. <laughs> Yeah, well, don't count on that. Crazy ticket sales. Crazy. But anyway. Are you chums done babbling? I am. Yes, we are. All right. Well, that wraps up this opening segment. We'll be right back to discuss Transformers. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Brandon was just a dork who wanted to shoot lightning out of his hands like Gundam Ryu from Street Fighter. (laughs) So I waved my magic wand and brought this lightning bolt legend out to Hollywood, where the nerd always gets the girl. What did the anime addicts say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? Who doesn't want to spin around, glow, and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. 12-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my Charmander. Anonymous. I'm eating a sandwich (laughs) calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, 
There comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool! Open. God damn it, open! Prime, you said the Matrix would light our darkest hour. Magnus! I want the Matrix! Never! This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ, and it's time to dip into that universe of loud explosions and twisted chunks of metal. Yes, it's time to discuss Transformers Dark of the Moon. You mean the, the, the Bayverse? Yes, into the Bay child rapiverse of childhood memories. Yeah, that's right. He, uh, he uh, once again the third movie to steal everybody's childhood away. Where do you yes. go, Sir Michael? So the, the ten four the ten Bay formers, man. Let's let's go. <laughs> so we're gonna spend some time discussing a movie that clearly has no heart and soul because it's mm-hmm. not in the Bible. Oh, and uh, <laughs> you know, of, of course, it's not typical for us to discuss um, live action movies that are in the theater. But, of course, it's Transformers, so we got to talk about it. Suffice it to say, there will be loads of spoilers, so if you have not seen the movie yet, then you might want to skip this segment and come back to it later when you have seen the movie. And seen it properly. Yeah, un- yeah a- unlike you. Un- yeah, I saw it properly. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I, saw it, I saw it as Sir Michael commanded. So. He, he's referring to me, who, who saw it like the plebeians would in 2D. <laughs> <laughs> on a regular screen, but anyway. So anyway, uh, this is a movie. Okay. It has a beginning, a middle, and an ending, and explosions. And uh, it's not a giant blowjob to the U.S. military. Oh, is it not? <laughs> and and hey, Paramount, if, if you're listening, and I know you're not, that's prime uh, Blu-ray uh, box quote material right there. <laughs> not not a blowjob to the quote. Not a blowjob to the U.S. Military. Goddamn, Madam HQ says it's not a giant blowjob to the U.S. military. <laughs> 
pre-order your Blu-ray now. Hey, I mean, I, although Michael Bay has done a pretty good job with building camaraderie with the U.S. military and NASA over the years with a lot of his movies, uh, I'm, ama- I'm amazed it wasn't as much as a, a of a BJ to uh, to the military with the, exactly. as much as he asked for them. So, so uh, you know, we talked about Revenge of the Fallen a few years back, and that movie was was shitty. Yeah. And this movie, uh, surprisingly, is not. Ooh. It actually improves on Revenge of the Fallen in many ways. And uh, however, in others, it shows some of the same problems that have been there since the beginning of the series. But a uh, very brief plot outline. You have um, Megatron. He's he's become uh, he's become the Bushman of Africa, scaring elephants. Yeah, the, the Gundam Exia. <laughs> he's become he's turned into Gundam Exia. Season two, the worst season ever. But not as cool looking. <laughs> Um, you have uh, Sam. He uh, got dumped by Michaela, and now he's got uh, you know uber hot British girlfriend who happens to be called Carly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's all whiny because he doesn't have a job and he has a shitty car, and Bumblebee doesn't hang out with him anymore. Right. And uh, then we we got some uh, revelations that the space race that we thought was not at at all. It was uh, a race to discover a crashed Autobot spaceship that contained, um, you know, some uh, some pillars for the good old space bridge that everyone knows <laughs> and loves from Generation One. Yep. And they discover uh, on this Autobot ship uh, Sentinel Prime, voiced by uh, none other than Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, Galvatron in the original Transformers the movie. So they bring him back, and uh, he's he's a bro. He's cool until he betrays the Autobots and goes over to the Decepticons with the remaining pieces of the pillars, the others of which the Decepticons have already looted over the last 40 years and have hidden all over the freaking place. Yeah. So the plan is, is this, and maybe this is familiar to you if you've watched Generation 1. Use the pillars to create a massive space bridge to bring Cybertron into Earth's orbit. Mm-hmm. To, re- to, re- to use Earth to revive Cybertron. Yes, to use all humans as slaves to rebuild Cybertron with their little tiny hands. Might I I cite that came from the episode The Ultimate Doom, three-parter. Yes, you you might. There you go. (laughs) uh, You might also cite, although I'll cite it for you, that at Mm -hmm. least that episode of the cartoon acknowledged the fact that if you bring a planet into (laughs) Earth's orbit, it will completely devastate our world. Thank you. Because, you know, massive shifts in the ocean and and seismic activity and all other sorts of catastrophes Mm -hmm. which this movie seems to be blissfully unaware of unaware (laughs) well in 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 defense of the film space the space bridge seems to be was seen seen to be transporting this the planet pieces at a time you know so it wasn't came out yeah yeah and it was big enough to actually cause some damn cause some damage to the planet being being where it was so uh, during all of this, the world is held hostage, and the Autobots pretended to leave and get blown up, but they really didn't, which also came from Generation 1. It did. <laughs> and then, of course, they come back, and you have a huge, ginormous, awesome battle that, rang, that lasts like 40-something minutes with Chicago just being utterly blown to pieces. Yeah, and, and, and for once, uh, Optimus just, he had enough. He was Mr. Fed Up, dude. He, 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 went, he went Sam Jackson mode. Yeah, he, he <laughs> was just, it was like the last two, last, two, one, last two movies, I had to be nice. I, you know, I had to do this, save this, save that. Yeah, he's, he's like, no quarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somewhere Batman was watching, standing on a building saying, I'm staying out of this shit. 
but that that red and blue guy's pretty cool. <laughs> Damn, I, I didn't think anybody could lay waste to a city like uh, Christopher Nolan until uh, 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 to Chicago, like Christopher Nolan, until Michael Bay decided to up the ante. Boy, he, he you, you you had you ever woo. did you did you honestly? I can't even believe you can honestly think that there would be no that somebody could outdo laying waste to a city than Michael Bay. Dude, I man, mean, I, Michael anytime, Bay is the destroyer of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching Wacker Drive get completely decimated on the, in this movie, and it's like, how did he accomplish this? How did he shut down that road in the middle of Chicago to do this? I mean, I'm hearing stories of people who had to actually commute to work during the time that he filmed those scenes, and um, it, it's a testament to the guy. The man, you know, he can orchestrate they probably, destruction. They probably did it on the weekend, like yeah. they usually all that stuff. So. Or very early in the morning. That's yeah. That's- uh, another popular thing. But anyway, mm-hmm. there you have this huge battle between humans, Autobots, Decepticons, and a uh, little tip at the end, the Autobots win. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, man, that's a shock. <laughs> I know. So, um, Solbro, why don't you tell us first some things that you liked about Dark of the Moon? Well, um, just as you said, it is heads and, abo- heads, heads and tails above, um, above the second film. But most movies are. <laughs> it doesn't take much effort to be better than Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> I, I would have to say, I, I will say also, in addition to that, that I still don't think it compares to the first film. I enjoyed the first film a whole lot more. Maybe it was a spectacle of the first film and seeing it on the screen for the first time that maybe it, it holds a little higher in, in, in my eyes. But um, uh, good things I liked about this film is the pace and the fact that we had a pretty decent three-act structure. I um, I do think it did bog down a little bit in some areas in the first and second act, but um, it, it, it seemed to have a a lot of people are complaining about the fact that the first hour and a half is terrible and it's like it's not that terrible man i've seen worse movies but um i i um, like revenge of the fallen yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) but 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 the pace was okay and it was it it seemed to flow very well and uh, it kept my it kept me riveted um although i probably had to use the bathroom like four times throughout the film i don't know why but um when you get to that last because michael bay was assaulting your uh (laughs) your body <laughs> Assaulting my um <laughs> my bladder apparently that and the coke I was drinking but uh, well, it wasn't that long of a movie. <laughs> it's 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 uh and it's uh, two and a half hours yeah, roughly yeah, two, yeah. yeah it's two thirty five so it's it's long for an action film very long um action film usually runs anywhere between an hour forty five to two hours and for this this to be an hour and a half it is the last chapter of the series at least w- w- with Michael Bay's involvement anyway so I, I guess that may attend attest to that but um when you get into that last act the third act where all the shit is going down um i think as good as it was it ran a little bit too long well we're talking just about things that you like we'll take oh, yeah. we'll get oh, yeah, dislikes separately sure. so well i'll, I'll stick t- to the program so bro christ I'll tell you what I dug about the third act then. Um, there was a, you know, the, the, the set pieces themselves were outstanding. Um, the, the scene in the building, um, especially where they're inside that, 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 um, skyscraper that's, uh, about to, you know, at a 45 degree slant. <laughs> and they're trying to, um, to shoot the, uh, the space, uh, the space bridge's main pillar. You know, that, that whole scene was orchestrated very well. And, uh, Michael Bay just has an eye for action and he laid that out. A lot of people were comparing it to the, uh, the, the, 
the hallway scene in Inception and saying it was actually better than that. And uh, Michael Bay must have had to make one hell of a set to even play that um, that whole scene out. Uh, much like Michael, uh, much like Christopher Nolan had to do with that uh, that hallway rotating hallway in Inception. Like, and, yeah, I'll show that Christopher <laughs> Nolan what's what. Yeah, see, it, it's almost like I'll they have somehow you do sideways hallways. Yeah, it's almost like they have an unspoken rivalry between each other now. And um, I, I hope it continues. I really do. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I, I, the last fights, especially between um, Sentinel Prime and Optimus, were, were, were really engaging. And then when Mike, uh, Megatron got in, uh, involved for you know three seconds of that, <laughs> that was uh, that was kind of cool too. Um, but uh, that overall, I, I had a positive experience when watching this movie. I do have a few gripes, but I'll save that for the uh, for the critique when we get to it, and uh, I'll pass it on to uh, Neo. All right, Neo. So why don't you tell us things that you like about this movie, and and please uh, step away from Michael Bay. <laughs> The, the restraining order has already been issued. I think you're aware of that. You received a copy of it. You were served. Well, the the, uh, the first thing I like about it is the fact that he directed it. Um, no, the, okay. the no good parts of the movie is I thought the part with them going to the moon was like amazing. Like I'm yeah. sitting there watching it, and you know they did a great job of making it where okay, this is a hokey, silly, um, you know, kind of hook to take. A piece of history and kind of de- tailor it to our story, but mm-hmm. it didn't. It didn't seem stupid. Um, I thought the beginning, okay, yeah, there wasn't as much action, but you you had you were, they were kind of reestablishing some things. Um, I think that uh, the the girl Carly, I think she spoke more in this one movie than Megan Fox spoke in the previous two movies, and. <laughs> And and the fact that she can actually complete a sentence, um, you know, worked well with her. Um, the 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 whole thing with um, the Autobots getting um, you know shot in the space that was you know the homage to the the Generation One series, and then the whole thing with the space bridge, and you know, because it's always been the complaint of all the Transformer nerds is like, oh, it's you know, it's ruining generation. It should be like Generation it's One. It's raping, it's raping my childhood. Yeah. Raping, raping, raping my childhood because you know. I wouldn't know what it feels like to be raped because I'm still a virgin and I'm 40 years old. I mean, it's, it, you know, so any any criticisms in that point is like, that's all mute in this movie. Um, you know, they did a great uh, integration with the final battle between uh, the humans and the, uh, the the robots in this one. You, you saw really a great meshing in those action sequences. It's, you know, they're able to do it now with this technology to show more than with the robots. And like you said, that whole skyscraper falling down scene was amazing. Uh, Coltrane was in it, so that was yes. great. Yes, I did. Um, Terry Tate, man. Yeah, I was, I was, I was hoping, <laughs> I, I was hoping to see Carrie Kate uh, with him, but uh, <laughs> but I forgot that he got transferred to uh, the the Munich office. You know, and, and then the fact that finally uh, Optimus just was fed up. I liked fed up Optimus, and I liked the fact that you know this guy has just been pissed off about the way he's been. Uh, backstabbed by the humans, the way the way he's been treated, you know, even by some of his own guys, and then having to deal with the friggin' Decepticons, and you know, the fact that Sentinel Prime screwed him over. And, and fed up, Optimus. Yeah. Nothing can stand in his way in this world except for some construction cables. Yeah. <laughs> And and and, then, and and let's let's remember the other great homage to the generation one is Optimus had his trailer in this one, mm-hmm. and it looked pixel for pixel like the old. It actually looks kind of out, it actually looked out of place being it, this yeah. very eighties looking trailer right in a modern movie. But, but it was a nice touch for for all of the uh, the angry fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, and then, you know, of course he needed that because I had all his little weapons and stuff. And I, I, I saw that there was, um, I forget, I think it was like on Entertainment Weekly, but there was some dork that was talking about how, you know, Optimus Prime is like heroic and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, and that, that it was an insult to show him just killing people, you know, killing other robots. I'm like, first off, it's robots. Yeah, like, like, you know, that part in, say, the original 86 movie where he's like, destroy Devastator. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm like, dude, you know, if, if this is what you're nitpicking about, the fact that this guy that's the leader of this, this group of aliens that's been jerked around for two, for three movies now, and he finally said enough's enough. I'm going to end all this crap, so you know I'm not going to have to deal with it anymore. That's pretty stupid. So, uh, dude, piss off. Um, but <laughs> I, I thought it I thought it was a great conclusion to the to the series, and we know it's been pretty well spoken. Michael Bay is not going to be doing any more of these. So, um, I'll just uh, when they probably do the next one when they, you know because this is a money money making operation. We'll uh, we'll see what happens after that, but. You know, other than that, I, th- I thought it was a. I think it's. I think it's a little bit better than the first one myself because you do get more of the robots in it and more of the robots fighting alongside the the humans because you know the technology they're able to do it now. You know, and it's just it, and it looks amazing in the 3D IMAX. And you know, the only limitation that the 3D IMAX has is is just some of the live action parts, and because they can't completely control it. But anything that had just the robots and stuff looked freaking amazing I, mean, I, w- I wanted to ask you about that because uh, you saw you saw the movie as a uh, survey intended um, yeah. in 3d IMAX and um, a lot of people are saying that um, even uh, they're saying that this is some of the best 3d that's ever been brought to the screen I think um, so I never and, I, I never saw avatar but I yeah. know avatar looks amazing but you have to remember too, avatar that was all completely computer generated this is the best this is the best uh, 3d that I've seen even though even though the, I was saying with the live action parts they don't look as crisp they still look amazing it's just because of you know the lighting and stuff is they can only can control it to a certain point but like anything with the robots or anything that was computer generated looked friggin flawless and it did and it and when they had it intermixed with the live action stuff even though there were some limits you could tell just a tad it wasn't so blatantly obvious that it was like oh this just looks terrible but yeah it looked it looked amazing I mean, it, it, it's a it's a crazy juxtaposition because um two years ago when uh, avatar did come out michael bay was you know he had he had, he had remarked that you know he didn't see the big deal in 3d he didn't um he didn't really we really wasn't an advocate of it but during the filming of this movie he had a change of heart and he seemed to utilize Courtesy it very of well james cameron yeah Cur- yeah james cameron i well, guess yeah, just showed yeah, up at his front door yeah <laughs> like yo yeah. this is how it's done bitch <laughs> Yeah, he, he had a he had a good old fashioned sit down probably with uh, Spielberg and Cameron and yeah. and you know and you know one of these things where people and, and and Cameron probably said here I'll show you some shit that'll make George Lucas uh, jealous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, George Lucas is in the bushes, you know, because he's always constantly following James Cameron to see, because you know he's 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 like the poor guy that doesn't get invited to any of the parties. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's the fat ninja in flannel. <laughs> Even though we've made up this uh, this rivalry between Cameron and Lucas for a while, I just think it's incredibly amusing, and, and I imagine in my head that it is true because it makes sense. Yeah, but I, you know, and, and you, you know, I know there's a, I know there's always a lot of you know people give Michael Bay a lot of crap, but you got to give it to him that he 
sat down and listened to him. And not only did he put it, um, you know, do it, but he, you know, went all the way through because, you know, if you figure somebody like this, I mean, it's like, oh, you know, the last two movies made a shit ton. So, you know, I'm not going to do, you know, but it, but yeah, it, it looks amazing. I mean, if it's, it's really the best way to see it. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's one, it's the few, it's the first 3d movie that I've seen where it's lived up to the hype where everybody said, Oh, this looks amazing. And it did. Cause usually a lot of these 3d movies are just, they're just not doing it. So, but excellent movie. Well, well, Survey. All right. <laughs> so things, things I like about this movie, again, it's not a blowjob to the military. That's actually a, a point in this movie's favor because that was one of the things that I hated about Revenge of the Fallen, that most of the action seemed to be the U.S. military blowing up everything with the help of their little Autobot buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to say that the military is not in this, but yeah, the, the kind of, and it's like I said, it's, it's kind of the melding between the robots and the humans within the action sequences. They actually were able to figure out how to do it in this one where, you know, in the previous movies, especially even in the first one, it's like, okay, they had all the action. It was just, you would just see humans, and then there would be robot-on-robot crime, and, um, yeah, so. So that's one thing. Um, number two, while there is a lot of bad humor in this movie, and I'm mentioning that in my gripes, oh, yeah. it is much improved over Revenge of the Fallen, which oh. just fell flat in every situation, you know? All of the horrible, annoying scenes with Sam's mom, who is such a shrew. Oh, I want to strangle that woman. Especially the freaking scene with the, the, the weed brownies. Yeah. Oh, God. Ugh. Any scene with that woman is painful. And she has, like, two painful scenes in this movie, but that's still an improvement over the last one. No twins. Thank freaking Christ. No twins in this movie. I got I to gotta agree with that. Oh, my God. Uh, Michael Bay actually issued a challenge to anybody. He'd give anybody $25,000 if they could spot the twins in this movie, if they could find them, because he, um, he guaranteed everybody that they weren't in this film. And um, I, I, I think it was at BotCon that he did that. And um, yeah. sure enough, I didn't see him. So uh. <laughs> Thank goodness. So instead of them, we get uh, as much better comic relief, uh, the, the little dudes, Wheelie and Brains. Yeah, Brains was really cool. Who They're two little perverted robots. I mean, how could you not like small perverted robots? <laughs> that's just always funny. So that's improved. Rosie Huntington-Whiteley is a definite improvement over Megan Fox. I know a lot of the reviews are like, oh, she's such a horrible actress. Oh, she's just a Victoria's Secret supermodel. She can't act. Rah, 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 rah. I enjoyed her more, and not because she was playing Carly, you know, an iconic G1 character, mm-hmm. but she was just the well, one easier on the eyes. <laughs> because Megan Fox always bothered me in the way she looked in those two Transformers movies because she looked like a mannequin. Cause really? Here's the thing. Megan Fox, if you see pictures of her normally, she's as pale as a ghost. Wow. But they made her have these spray-on tans for the two Transformers movies. Yeah. And then they put loads of makeup on her. She looked like the weird... I don't know how I can describe this other than to say it was like a weird, uncanny valley effect mm-hmm. where I knew she was a real person, but she looked like a fake person trying to look like a real person, if that makes any sense. So she looked like uh, as CG as one of those robots on the yes. screen? Yes. She looked worse than the robots. She Damn. looked just too done up to be attractive, in my in my opinion. She looks better in anything that's not Transformers. It sounds like we got a candidate for the major. <laughs> so, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, uh, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, I found her to be less... Uh, 
less plastic, yeah. less stiff, less cardboard. And I don't know, maybe maybe she gets plus one acting ability by virtue of being British. <laughs> That's true. Just like how generally, unless you encounter some cockney bastard, you just assume anyone with a British accent is smarter than you and is a good yeah. actor. Well, the, the, I mean, the part at play. Well, the part that they had for her just made a little bit more sense too. It's you know, uh, you know, they have her as like kind of like a, a you know a, a socialite. You know, what was it? He met her in the at the ambassador for the ambassador from Britain and stuff like that. It was just never believable that Megan Fox was just like some grease monkey's daughter who knew how to fix cars. And stuff. Like, I know everything there is to know about engines, but I just enjoy hanging out with douchebags, even though I want a nice boy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I've seen that cliche a gazillion times before. Yeah. So let's see what else. Uh, the action scene's definitely an improvement over Revenge of the Fallen, because with Revenge of the Fallen, it fell victim to something that Bay has done in the past, but also that a lot of action sequels do, where they feel the need to just make everything bigger, 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 bigger to try to outdo the first movie. Yeah. Right. One of the best examples of that I could point to is Matrix Reloaded. Mm. Oh, my God. You know, they, they felt the need there to just outdo everything that the first movie did and just make it bigger and bigger and bigger, and the movie was a mess. And that was the case with Revenge of the Fallen. Sometimes yeah. there was so much crap going on that you couldn't even tell what was going on. Yeah. It's, it's that the plot was barely there just to string together the set pieces. Basically. Yeah, and the set yeah. pieces weren't even that good. It was just too big and overblown. The scale in Darker the Moon, even though it's big, you know, seeing... Chicago get uh, laid to waste like some post-apocalyptic wasteland, <laughs> you know, the choreography is much better. Because yeah, yeah. the, only, the only standout fight for me in Revenge of the Fallen was the forest scene. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Otherwise, every other scene in that movie was a mess in terms of action. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else sticks out for me? Definitely one of the highlights is the fight between Optimus and Sentinel. Because it's always interesting when you have, you know, these fights between uh, the mentor and the pupil. Yes. The mentor has gone bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the old, the old Master Asia principle. Yeah! <laughs> Yeah, well, it's 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 every martial art film done in like the last fifty years. Yeah, yeah. And but, I gotta say, uh, Sentinel Prime, uh, very different looking from other incarnations of Sentinel Prime. He's pretty uh, RX seventy eight looking. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you guys if he if you, if he re- kind of reminded you of a of 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 the RX seventy eight or, or some kind of Gundam. He um, he had that shield that looked very very Gundamish, yeah. and of course he had a little 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 V fin going thank on. You. Yeah, it, uh, I was looking at him. It's like Jesus. You know, that, but, that but, it, but he also had Leonard Nimoy's nose. <laughs> <laughs> and Spock's quotes. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, who, whoever thought that you'd see Leonard Nimoy on film again saying, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, but this time used as justification for evil. Yeah. I, did you guys um, enjoy that little bit of foreshadowing that they did at the beginning of the movie where they, uh, they showed a clip from a muck time from Star Trek where they showed uh, Spock you know, going berserk when he was beating down his uh, computer console in a little homage to Leonard Nimoy just right off the bat, but I thought it was pretty clever that they, um, they threw that little piece in right at the beginning of the movie when uh, Wheelie and Brains were watching uh, Star Trek on television. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It was a nice little send-up. Uh, I'm not the only person that noticed that. There are other people that noticed that too, so I, I I thought it was kind of cool, but um, I guess that was just me. <laughs> no, no, I, I know that it happened, but uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. It's like the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the I think that was the bigger Star uh, Star Trek. Yeah, it's um, like ah, I, I see what you did there, Michael uh, Bay. <laughs> 
Tricky, tricky. Someone watched Rathacon. So that's it for, I would say, my, my high points. Maybe there'll be some in the wrap-up. I'll remember that. Oh, I have, one, I have one, okay. more, uh, one more high point. And it was um, when uh, Buzz Aldrin met Optimus Prime. And it's like, oh, nice to meet you. And he's like, Optimus is like, oh, the put, you know, he's, he's like even sucking up more to Buzz Aldrin saying he's a big hero. I thought that was pretty cool. And I was like, hell yeah, America. America! <laughs> It's like, hell yeah, NASA. But I thought that was cool that they had him in there. And, um, you know, it was just, uh, I don't know. You know Along just... with the really, really, really bad JFK uh, stand-in. Oh, yeah, and, that and, all about? And, I, and Richard Nixon. And a bad Nixon stand-in. Yep. It's like, man, they, you know, use, use uh, I thought you could get better technology to do that. I mean, they, they somehow be- made it. Impersonators made it... who look more like the people they're impersonating. Well, they somehow, they, or just if you're going to use computer generated, maybe talk to the people that did Black Ops. I mean, when they put JFK in there, it looked, looked kind of okay. Didn't look as bad. I was like, wait a second. Uh, they should be brothers in arms since Call of Duty is, is an explody series and Transformers is an explody series. Anyway, mm-hmm. hey, oh, there you oh, go. Michael Bay's next project, Cy- Call, of, Call of Duty the movie. Or no, uh, the next game, Call of Duty Cybertron. Call of Duty the movie the game. <laughs> So Actually, mm-hmm. that could happen because Activision does have the Transformers game license. Yeah, I know. It's not <laughs> out of the realm of possibility. No. Although, although with all the people involved from Gears of War that are involved in this movie, too, like um, the composer Steve Jablonski and um, Lester Spate, you know, old Terry Tate and um, Coltrane, and then the voice of... Uh, DiMaggio. The, the John DiMaggio, um, the voice of uh, the main character of Gears of War. Uh, they're all, all, all involved in Transformers uh, Oh, my God. Can you yeah. imagine Gears of War movie done by Michael Bay? Hey, you never know. It might be on the horizon, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there is a Gears of War movie in development hell. So. I know. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, back to Transformers. Right on. Let's move on now. Solbro, why don't you tell us some of your criticisms of this movie? Man. Um, can't say no heart and soul. Hey, I'll, I'll, I just want to make it clear. I, I did enjoy this film, but I, I do have some, some criticisms when it comes to this film. Um, number one, the editing. Um, I got to say, when I'm watching this movie, I felt a lot of times I was being jerked around. Some scenes seemed unfinished. And I know it's a, it had a long running time, so they had to leave some shit on the cutting room floor. I don't have a doubt. Um, but some scenes didn't make any sense. Like Spike, I, I always want to call him Spike. I'm sorry. Uh, Sam, <laughs> when he encounters... Um, when he encounters a uh, Laserbeak for the first time and just just gets away without any kind of explanation, when yeah. e- everybody else is getting slaughtered by Laserbeak, but and two he, seconds later he's somewhere else entirely. Absolutely, no no transition at all. And then um, during the final scene, um, the the final act uh, is 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 really where the editing gets crazy. And um, you know they had a lot of shit going on. I completely understand that, but they they cut away from so many things, and it just seemed like the the editor had ADD, <laughs> and um, maybe they were just shaving time off of stuff. And I couldn't let um, certain events just finish on screen. I'm sure, I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah, it, uh, with, with as long as the movie ran, it's abnormal for an action movie to run this long. So they had to probably make some major edits. Unless your name it. is Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Hey, the, the latest Harry Potter was only two and a half, two, two, I'm sorry, two, two hours and five minutes. So yeah, yeah, I don't was count that because it's two parts of one massive movie. movie so it's more yeah. like four hours. No doubt. But Harry Potter is not always just an action movie. There's other things going on in it too. But um, Michael Bay, he, de- he redefines action with every film. So you, you, you come to expect that from his movies. I, I, I don't expect them to, to put on a tour de force. There's I mean, a box star quote right there. Michael Bay, <laughs> he defines action with every film, says Gundam at MHQ. Pre-order your Blu-ray now. 
And um, I, I should I should say this here that there's a Michael Bay film that I hold above all his other ones, and it's not Bad Boys too. Oh I, know my th- God. I, I know this what? is going. I know this is going to make Neo cry, but there's a Michael Bay film where I think that he really went out of his comfort zone. And he, he tried to actually do something a little bit different from what he did beforehand. The Island. It came out back in 05, I think. Right. And, um, that and, movie, and again in uh, 2011 with some stock footage from that movie showing up in, in this movie. Get yeah. out of here. Where? <laughs> oh, you didn't know about this? No, I didn't know. It's proven on the Internet. Uh, the highway chase scene. Oh, no. yeah. there's there's a few stock footage shots from the island of like cars exploding and shit crashing. And oh. I've seen the side by side comparison. It's <laughs> it's exact rip. He, he fukuded it. Oh, get out of town. I didn't it's know a few that. shots. It doesn't last very long. But if you look it up like Transformers, the island or whatever, you'll see the side by side. It's it's a, a few seconds worth, but it's yeah. definitely like shot for shot. It's the exact same footage. The difference is that they CG added you know, Transformers crashing into cars and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Man, I, I, I have to, don't, I, don't, I will check that video out. Don't insult him by saying he fakuted it. Just say he, <laughs> you know. Just, but just, but it, it, it's what he did. I mean, it, it only goes on a few seconds, but that's totally a Fukuda. Like, take a scene from the last movie and mm-hmm. make some changes to it here and there. That's a Fukuda. I'm sorry. Hey, hey oh, I, I got I to I I agree with Chris on that one. You know, if you, if you recycle um, stuff to that degree, it's, it's a little bit Fukuda-ish. A, a little bit. At least Michael Bay doesn't do that that often. Not Again, to it's not a Fukuda big deal. It's, it's only a few seconds. Uh, yeah, uh, if anything, the island... Was uh was a movie I really enjoyed and it had um probably the I best story. I liked it better when it was called Logan's Run. I, I liked it better when it's called the Clonus Horror. But um, <laughs> but still um you had a lot of you had a bit of character development in that movie and um I think that's something that lacks for most Michael Bay films when you um when when he makes a film and, and granted it's it's short attention span. Well, you shouldn't theater. go to Michael Bay movies expecting character development. Very so. much, but if the, that's why it's so hard to go. Should and go it, expecting hot women and explosions, yeah. Which, and, and, and especially a movie about giant alien robots that come to Earth. Yeah, but that's, it, that's the other thing. Well, so. we're looking. This is the last chapter of the Michael Bay trilogy of Transformers. I do, which means it'll have characters. more hot women and, and robots. So it met its goal. <laughs> it, I, go I, it met, yeah, exactly. Like Chris said, it met what you're expecting. It's it's the yeah. third movie that this man's talking that's doing about giant robots from al- from uh from you know alien giant robots and yeah. it. More giant alien robots, more explosions, more hot women, and that's about it. I mean, you know, if you you want character development for your Transformers, there's Uh Force. So. Yeah. Oh, you know what though? I mean, I I invested two whole other movies with these characters. I do expect them to come to some kind of invested uh, with these characters. Seriously? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying with with these with with these movies, I invested some time, so I expected some of these characters to you know to 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 uh, to, to to come along in a journey somewhere. But then well, again, it's a Michael Bay film. Here's so. the thing, and I'll uh-huh. get to this when we get to my list of gripes. Right. In one sense, there are no characters in these movies. Yeah, yeah. The, Everyone in these uh, the Transformers on both sides. All about Decepticon. They're nothing but props in yeah. these movies, and to a certain extent, so are the humans. Sadly, yeah. I mean, and in it, a way, you could say that about all of Michael Bay's movies that people are props. They're not characters. But I'll get into that more when we get to my turn. Well, I'll let you take. I'll let you take the mantle on that one. But yeah, um, watching this movie, it just it, it felt a little empty on that in that regard. Um, I um I didn't like some of the humor. I, I gotta admit, um, it was better than the second movie by 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 far. But uh, so was everything else. But um, one scene in particular. Bob 
bothered me. And it was when um, John Malkovich came over to Spike's place, uh, Sam's place, and um, he started wanting to, you know, mess with Bumblebee, and Bumblebee damn near killed him. <laughs> and it just, it just seemed distracting to be in the background when they were actually talking about some important shit in the foreground. And Michael Bixen's the well, that, that guy shouldn't have been in the movie to begin with. I mean, yeah. his character served no purpose whatsoever. Not that I don't look forward to seeing John Malkovich in the film, but he was completely wasted. <laughs> completely wasted in this movie. Well, maybe, was, but maybe he wanted to be in the movie. Maybe so. And if he, so, if, 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 you if, just if, don't. I mean, when you make speculations like that, and, okay, yeah, yeah oh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's just like when people sat there and said in Iron Man Two, oh, Mickey Rourke was wasted. Well, you know, maybe these guys just wanted to be in the movie. You don't know, and you know, sometimes just because they're a great talent doesn't mean that they have to be the focal point. Of the, of the whole thing either so i mean but is that always right but still what we can't we can't just give a pass to something we have to look at what's on screen i don't care if john yeah. malkovich wanted to just be in the movie it's still a crappy part he was yeah, utterly I'm pointless not, I'm not, whatever I'm not his saying whatever his reason for wanting to be in the movie i'm not yeah. saying that it wasn't but the but the thing is is like this whole thing of like a waste in it or something like that i mean yeah. whatever I, because it's once again it, it's the writers that wrote the part so whatever reason it's still a, it's a shitty yeah. part i'm not saying he yeah. should have been the star of the movie but if you're going to have someone like John Malkovich, it should be better than just some moron like, oh, why, why are you using the yellow cups on the green floor? We're not using the yellow cups I, on the green floor. It is anti-stimulative. I think he probably would have been better as the as the baddie, the, the human with the... Um, yeah, absolutely. That, instead of Patrick Dempsey. Instead of yeah. McDreamy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Probably. Yeah, if, if he was, the, if he was the, the conspirator with the Decepticons, that would have, that would have put his talents to full on use. Even but, uh, um, Frances McDormand was wasted. She's supposed to be the yeah. DNI and like she knows nothing. Yeah, <laughs> she's like utterly useless and and a stupid character. Given she's supposed to be the freaking DNI. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And 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 that it comes also down to the writing too. I, I I've I've enjoyed movies done by Aaron Kruger. Matter of fact, one of my favorite movies that he's done is Arlington Road, which was like back in the late '90s with uh, Jeff Bridges. I love that movie to death. And um, he wrote he I guess he helped to do the screen treatment for um the Revenge of the Fallen as well as worked on this film. He was the sole writer on this one, which I'm glad that they didn't have a, a committee of writers this time to actually let him take care of the writing and and it shows in this film this film is a bit more is a whole lot more focused and and plot driven unlike the last movie which meandered a whole shitload but um you know some of the lines in this movie were just <laughs> i guess they're worthy of a, a of a michael bay film god i i don't want to shit on the man because he's sir michael bay he was he was knighted by um by by, by the, the the queen but um <laughs> <laughs> At least the in Neo's world, the, the Queen of England. You didn't queen see of that explosions. Too. The Queen hey, of Action. You didn't. You didn't see that during the royal wedding earlier this year. Like it, during intermission, the Queen knighted uh, Michael Bay. They stopped the nuptials. He was uh, just he was, to bring Michael Bay onto the altar and knight him. No, it was, in, it was during. It was during one of those intermissions, and there. It, yeah. Yeah, was, that's it. That's he the was, uh, He's the, he's the he's the knight from the Providence of Explosia. <laughs> So it's it's one of those unknown, uh, very small British territories. It, it must be like uh, like Sealand. Yeah, it's, it's like out by the it's like out by the Azores next, next to Sealand. Yeah, <laughs> nice. But yeah, um, I, I guess I, I I could go on all day about my gripes. Please but, don't. Uh, my my major my last one, and this is a major one, is how abruptly the movie ends. There is no epilogue at all. I mean, if this is the last movie to come along, and I, I know it's it's short attention span theater and a movie uh, and a film that ran too long, but its ending is just so abrupt. And then that little aside during the credits didn't make things better. 
that that crap between um, uh, John Turturro's character and Francis McDormand's character, that 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 crap just annoyed me. And it's like, wow. So we don't get any kind of uh, you know, we don't get left with some kind of closure at all. It's just, oh, we we saved the day, cut it out. It's like, what is this? A, a cartoon episode? <laughs> it, it, it wasn't an anime sort of ending. Like, oh. yay, we beat the evil villains after fifty episodes. The end. Yeah, I mean, well, like like you just said though, was it a cartoon ending? Well, it's a live action adaptation of a cartoon. <laughs> so, there you go. Hey, you 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 have a point. But uh, <laughs> I, you done with your gripes? Hey, man, the movie costs almost two hundred million to make i expect a little bit more of an ending I'm gonna make a billion so who yeah. gives crap <laughs> the number one movie in the world according to the commercial so it must be true all right well i guess we could skip neo because he has nothing bad to say about this movie i'm just kidding <laughs> well, my, 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 my biggest gripe comes from all the idiots that hit, sit here and gripe about the movie like lacking certain things is like wait a second what's again <laughs> this is a lot of certain idiots I'm just, what are you talking I'm, about, eh? Man, uh, man mm, mm. present company excluded. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm just saying. Once again, this is the third movie of mm-hmm. a live action adaptation of an '80s cartoon yeah. of giant robots from space that land on Earth. How silly does that sound? So when you're expecting it's completely serious and dramatic, and it had heart and soul in the '80s. So when you're expecting Citizen Kane or Casablanca, and it's like you know, I want Citizen I, Optimus. Yeah, I, I, I don't get Edder this. John! Edder John! I mean, okay, yeah, you know, it, it's it's a big budget action movie, so that's what you got. And, I guess I guess if I'm looking and, for emotional and, context, I better go back and look at the 1986 animated movie because that's that's all I'm getting. <laughs> no, go watch Beast Wars. That too. That yeah. too. I mean, but but that's the thing. And you know, it, it, is it better than the? Is it better than? Did they learn from the second one? Yeah, they did. So they do. Um, yeah, I guess I guess the only thing I could say is like some of the some of the editing too. It did look a little abrupt, but like you, I like we said, I, I think once the Blu-ray comes out, I'm sure all that stuff's going to be with deleted scenes on that because it mm-hmm. it probably is one of those things where um you know the uh they probably have a they probably have like another hour worth of footage on the cutting room floor i mean <laughs> i'm sure if michael if, if michael bay could do it uh, if if he did if he really wanted to do the destruction of chicago he intended it that'd probably be like an hour and 10 minute battle <laughs> so uh gripes when it comes to the yeah the the whole thing with um the whole thing with uh that lady was a little weird and i was i'm i'm kind of after revenge of the fallen i've been done with john totoro's character like it's <laughs> i, I like, just you know something wrong is wrong when he's arguing with bill o'reilly and bill o'reilly comes across as the sane person in that scene exactly and and it's like you know i i understand it's like the reuniting of all the original cast to do one more push to Towards the end, but it's just like that guy was just. I, I was pretty much done with him in the second movie. Um, After seeing his balls, <sighs> Jesus. It's just and just as you know, his whole thing. It's like okay, if you wanted to put him and you wanted just to show him like in the background with, um, you know, now he's making money off this whole. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But then the whole thing, it's like, oh, you know, now he's, you know, he was the old flame of this lady that's investing. I'm just like, really, this is forced. Um, Low rent chip chase. That's him. <laughs> 
but, from Generation One. But go ahead. Um, yeah, I guess the I guess the first. I mean, if they probably shaved about ten minutes off the probably the first hour of the movie, just got it a little bit, um, you know, a little bit sooner, it it would, um, you know, that would speed up the pace a little bit. But I don't think that that's a huge gripe because in a way a lot of that stuff they had to do it because they introduced the new girlfriend character so um you know and then yeah the the jfk and the the uh um the richard nixon thing for all the care that they've done with all the other sequences it's like man you couldn't get better <laughs> even 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 the obama uh guy or was that really obama did they hey, did they, hey, they photoshopped him in yeah they didn't but, really have um and it sounded like they used some actual like audio clip of his of something else cuz it it sounded like it was actually obama yeah it, but even that when they even that like the head swap thing it just didn't it didn't look as good for some reason but I don't know. I think I think in a way that technology is sometimes a little difficult to do with that whole that whole head swapping thing. I guess we'll have to see with um with Captain America. Maybe they should have just gone the uh, the George Bush route and have him uh, <laughs> kicking up his feet and asking for donuts. <laughs> you know, uh, pointing out that scene with Obama. That's that's it, it's odd to say, but it's that's the second time I've seen Shia LaBeouf get a get an award by the president in a movie. This movie, and then um, of course, an Eagle Eye from that president this. Obama, or just the president? No, it was just some gen- generic president. Generic president. Yeah. <laughs> well, Obama is the real president. He's not the generic president. No, I'm just saying though, it's the second time Shia LaBeouf got got an uh, uh, award of a uh, you know. Why does, for it, why does anyone care? I'm just saying it's just it's just a weird coincidence. That's all. Okay. All right. Neil, <laughs> continue. Pretty much outside of that, I don't have too many gripes because I wasn't going. Like I said, I wasn't going in with this thinking it was going to be um, Citizen Kane or Citizen Optimus. So. So uh, I, I think um, I'm one of the only true sane people when it comes to really evaluating this uh, movie because once again it's a movie about big giant robots from space that uh, you know pal around with uh, military guys and uh, little boys. So um, you know, what do they do to these little boys? Well, sometimes they can touch them and uh, what is it? Vibrate their seats and stuff when they're sitting in their car. Yeah, so, yeah. that's a different movie. Ew. Uh, <laughs> All right, so that'll mark the return of Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> my uh, my criticisms, and mind you, I'm going to this movie not expecting it to be a masterpiece of writing or characterization because it's Michael Bay. But even then, there are still problems, and some of the problems are specific to this movie, and some have been there since the first movie. One of them being Megatron always gets the short end of the stick. Yeah, that's true. That is he true. He never gets to do anything or be in these movies. The first movie. Okay, he, he wasn't even turned on for most of it, and it was the Decepticons trying to find him. Okay. But then in the second movie, he just spends it being the Fallen's uh, gopher. Bitch boy. Yeah, bitch little boy. bitch boy, yes, which is just not cool, because yeah. when do you ever see Megatron being somebody else's bitch? Well, the thing is, too, is with the Fallen, he was just he was just so douchey that it was like, you know, it, 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 it wouldn't, you know, you never see Megatron do that, but the fact that the Fallen was just so douchey, it's like, you know, it, I don't know why he would do that. You think he would scheme to kind of knock him off, but... Yeah, and whatever. then in this movie, aside from scaring elephants, he's just there like, like literally a bum sleeping on the side of the street <laughs> with robot insects crawling out of like the half of his head that's exposed. Yeah. And he literally does nothing at all and lets Sentinel Prime usurp command of the Decepticons until Carly comes along and says, you're Sentinel Prime's bitch. 
And he's like, anger, rage. In comparison, you saw Decepticons laying waste to people throughout Chicago when they were raiding it. And this girl can walk right up to Megatron's face, talk a boatload of shit, and not end up being incinerated afterwards. I mean, I figured that Megatron would have just crushed her. (laughs) But but why does it surprise you? She's got plot armor. She's got Michael Bay hot woman armor. That's what he's got. She's got plot armor. She's a main character, I mean. But yeah. Earlier, one of the things I loved about this movie was the utter scale of human death. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing humans getting just utterly destroyed. Yeah, that was cool. It was just the most amazing amount of PG-13 level violence I've ever seen. Wow, just people begin beginning um because that's incinerated and just Mm -hmm. stomped and killed and it's just it just quenched my bloodthirst. Human <laughs> no, devastation in these Transformers movies that they've never really had. Because yeah. it's something, yeah, it's something you've never seen with any real Transformers. Is you know just the the le- I mean, you've seen humans getting killed, but not to the level of this. I mean, when they started seeing the Death Ray come out and vaporizing those dudes, I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> anyway, back to my complaining. Mm-hmm, go ahead. So Megatron does nothing in this movie. He fights Optimus for like two seconds, and then Optimus. Just just rips him to shreds. Like, yeah. okay, goodbye, Megatron, again. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll be back as Galvatron next time. Who knows, but probably not. How'd you like Optimus begging for his life towards the end? That kind of nerved me, too. But that, that... <laughs> Whatever. Well, damn. Uh, let's see what else. Decepticons pretty much all still suffer from same face syndrome. You can yeah. never tell any Decepticon apart other than Megatron, A, because he's in pyridexia mode. Right. And, and B, Starscream... Just, but that's just because he's a walking pizza slice. Yeah. So he sticks out. But otherwise, all of these... Oh, yeah, and Shockwave, because he's Shockwave. But other than those three dudes, every other Decepticon in this movie looks completely generic, and you can't tell one from the other. And even the Autobots, you can only tell them apart because of their color schemes, not certainly from their design. Yeah, because the, the, the Decepticons still mostly are all silver when they're in robot mode. Yeah, so... That's my that's my next point that I mentioned earlier. All of the characters in these movies, be they humans or robots, are really props, not characters, because they're never developed in any meaningful way. Yeah, Optimus is there and he's kicking ass and it's the voice of Peter Cullen and whatnot, but he's not a character. He's just there to kick ass. Uh, the whole relationship between Sam and Bumblebee is like that of a, of a master and pet. Yeah. Because Sam, he wants Bumblebee when he wants him, and when he doesn't, it's like, oh, go do something else. I don't care. <laughs> Take Another yourself thing. out. <laughs> yeah. When Sentinel Prime, when he has his shocking betrayal and he kills Ironhide, it means nothing at all to me because, yeah, Ironhide is a big, important character, and his death in other things, yeah. in other shows, means something. Absolutely. But in this universe, it means nothing at all because he's not a character. Yeah, it wasn't attached because- to him at all. Just because he has the name Ironhide doesn't make him special. You can't, you can't sort of just import the character development and importance of that character from other Transformers shows and have it mean something here. Ironhide means nothing in these movies, so his death meant nothing. Just like when Jazz was killed in the first movie. It's like, yeah. okay, Jazz is important, but that Jazz meant nothing at all. Man, I cried when Jazz died, man. What you talk about? <laughs> I, I, meant, like, I mean, yeah, he, it was bad. He got ripped in half, but still, yeah, that but he was he was he was the best shit talking transformer there was, man. That's kind of <laughs> I felt akin to him after that. I, nothing. Plus, plus, he was that cool Cadillac, or he was at Cadillac. What was he? No, he was that uh, uh, the Solstice. That's what he was. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Car they don't make anymore. But uh, oh. 
So the Transformers, they, they all are believable characters in the cartoons. You know, you can see Optimus, Bumblebee, all of these people. They're all characters that develop. In this movie, they're just props to blow things up. Which is fine. And that's, well, I guess they serve that, their purpose. It's, it's, that's, that's a purpose, but the thing is, you can do both. You know, in the Transformers cartoons, even look at Prime, which is the current show. They blow up a lot of stuff, and they still manage to be characters. Yeah, but they no, have, they're not mutually exclusive things. But you have to think, though, too, and when you have a series and you have, like, three or four se- seasons to do that stuff, you can do it a little bit more. And I, I understand your point, but, I mean, it's also... If you look at the whole time limit thing, too, and I understand there is a certain yeah, but amount in, in of... in any action yeah. movie, you can have characters, you know, blow stuff up and kill people and still have character to them. I mean, just look at any of the first three Indiana Jones movies. Well, yeah, but they didn't have giant robots in it. No, but... <laughs> Would have imagine been interesting, did. That would, God, imagine if that would have happened. Holy crap. Join so Indiana Jones as he quests to stop the Nazis from uncovering Megatron and changing the whole course of World War II. Oh, man, can you imagine? Jeez. That would have been a better movie. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this same complaint applies to the humans. The humans are just props. They, they don't really develop in any sort of way. Sam is still just as whiny and annoying in this yeah. movie as he was in the first one and in the second one. Uh, Carly, you know, she's just there as something beautiful to look at and to be rescued, but that's what the character is supposed to be. Yeah. And always always looking good. I, I love how, like, like, when the building's falling apart <laughs> and everything, everyone else is covered in dust and grime, and she's perfectly <laughs> spotless and has, like, yeah. makeup and everything. High heels on, and, you know, she's, she's walking through Devastated Wasteland in six-inch pumps with no problem. That plot armor's working overtime. Hey, but you know what? <laughs> I, I, I don't care because you, you had the, some of the two best scenes. Her next to the Italia, the Ferrari Italia, and then her, <laughs> her, her sitting helpless in the uh, SLS. And it's like, man, that's America, even though they're foreign cars. About to be probed by Soundwave in 40 different ways. <laughs> so, and with the human characters, again, John Turturro, he's so stupid in these movies. I just can't stand his character. Just a really idiotic character that just gets weirder and weirder each movie. And yeah, it's cool to have Alan Tudyk and his little, his little, uh, his little bro. Yeah, he's playing like just some weirdo. Yeah, uh, <laughs> completely. John Malkovich again was a waste. Francis McDormand was a waste. And I mean, I don't even know why they had her character when in the first movie we had. Um, was it John Voight as the Secretary of Defense? Why not yeah. just brought him back instead of creating a different character? I always wondered why he hasn't come back in the last two movies. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's just some off-screen bullcrap that we just don't know or whatever. But who, who, who knows? knows? Yeah, because I thought he was cool as the freaking Secretary of Defense. Like yeah, he I was. Liked, he was pretty I, I liked, good. I liked his character. Because you know, back. yeah. So. Who knows? Different administration. Maybe that's <laughs> that's why his, he, he was in the Republican administration. He was yeah. There you go. But that wouldn't have made sense because it, you know the the Gates stayed with Obama there for a while. So I whatever. guess so. But I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, the humor. A lot of the humor in this movie falls flat. It's still better than Revenge of the Fallen, but <laughs> a lot of it is still stupid. Any scene yeah. with John Turturro. The scenes with John Malkovich. The scenes with uh, Ken, Ken Jeong, yeah. Oh my God, he's just like such a bad Asian stereotype. Yeah, it's like I I I, I enjoy Ken Jeong and some of the things he does and some things he gets in my last nerve. Like, um, polar pol- opposite is like Community compared to this, where he's just he he they just didn't rein him in. You know, he was. Well, and, and I, this I don't. Is to I, say, if I if I want to see him in, if I want him see to do the Hangover stick, I'll watch the Hangover. Yeah, I, yeah there you go. I mean, that's that's basically the thing I thought. It's like. 
like so. That's but the scenes with his character were just—I mean—and there weren't that many, but they were just painful. Like, it's, just, it's like almost every actor in this movie is a hyper version of themselves. Yeah, especially and, uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yes, indeed. Although he didn't go—he didn't go. No, 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 no. This time, I—he I, he I, did. No, he did. He had one of them. It was pretty short, but he had a no, no, no. Oh, he, he did. He oh, did. Sh- he I had missed a that. No, no, no. <laughs> I saw it. It happened. Anyway, right. his character painful. Sam's mom utterly painful even though she's only in two scenes in this movie mm-hmm. i still want to strangle that woman in both scenes <laughs> and 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 give his dad a hug for putting up with that woman oh, yeah man. well at least there was no damn chihuahua in this one yeah uh the freaking human villain played by uh mcdreamy yes indeed it's like this guy is such an obvious douche and so obviously evil there's no surprise at all <laughs> That he's evil. You weren't surprised, huh? No, I was. I sad to say, I was not surprised. He seemed like, he seemed like an up and up guy to me, and he, he wasn't a very effective villain either, which uh, yeah. which only worsened the, the situation. Again, with the comedy, the only comedy that I enjoyed was with Wheelie and Brains. Everything else was not funny to me. <laughs> it's like they were just trying too hard and and failing. Yeah. The editing, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty choppy in parts. You know, when you have something going on and then. A rough transition two seconds later, especially towards the end, yeah. that last 40-minute fight, Whew. you felt like you had a bunch of individual little vignettes of fight scenes rather than one big linked fight. Yeah, which, it, I'm, the, which I'm pretty surprised about. So that it, it, that kind of tells me, I think, that they probably really shot too much stuff and they had to, you know, it was probably going to be a three-hour movie because, you know, that's always been the good thing with Michael Bay was his fight scenes is his editing's usually really good. Um, Not this time around. Yeah, and that, that was a little surprising to me, especially as, you know, with the ending battle. You think it would be a little bit tighter, but who knows. And uh, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add this, uh, and this is one of the only compliments I'll give Revenge of the Fallen. The editing in that movie was better than in this film. I, I, I got to say, it, this movie, was it just jerked you around. It really did. And I, I hope this maybe one day see a director's cut where it's, it has a bit more flow. I, it, it was lacking that flow towards that last scene. It really who knows? Was. Uh, again, also in the final battle, I can understand the need to jam up Optimus for mm-hmm. a while so that he can make a dramatic rescue later on. Mm-hmm. But really, the dude gets caught in construction cables? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. how retarded is that? I mean, you see this guy ripping dudes to shreds, punching them to pieces, slicing them up like sushi, and he gets caught in construction wire in a building, and it takes like 10 minutes to have some other dudes cut him down because, you know, he doesn't have a, a, a sword or anything that he could use to cut himself free or just the sheer mass of him that probably weighs a lot more (laughs) than that freaking building because it's him as the robot plus his big ass flight pack yeah well maybe he's made out of carbon fiber now and he's a little bit bit lighter (laughs) and he's just dangling there like like just a moron and it was just ridiculous like why couldn't you just maybe had some more like faceless Decepticons for him to smash up to keep him occupied for a few minutes rather than he's just dangling like a moron <laughs> on these cables. Pretty funny. That was just that was just weird. Let's see what else here. Yeah, the first 30 or so minutes of this movie are really slow and really quite annoying, mainly Shia LaBeouf, and I think we could have done without them because there's just so much time spent on him just 
being whiny about, I don't have a job, my girlfriend makes more money than me, I have a shitty car, I don't get to hang out at Nest with the Autobots, wah, 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 wah. And all of just these painful scenes of him being like a little bitch as soon as he meets McDreamy. And he just goes into full on like little bitch mode like, oh, I haven't seen that cliche before. You're all angry that your woman makes more money than you and you're going to whine and be a little child about it. Well, in the Michael Bay world, the man brings home the bread. <laughs> uh, the man brings home the explosions. Well, I, I, I think that's, uh, I think sometimes with that, that might be the old, um, uh, what is it, the old executive producer there influence because, you know, he's got, such a, he's got such a big one for Goofle Boof there. So it's probably oh, yeah, like, true. Michael, you need, to, you need to give a little bit more Goofle Boof for everyone because, you know, he's, he's the one. He's the one that's going to bring uh, clarity to the force and to, to acting for all of us. We blame you, Steven. In all right. But yeah, I think that in, if the first 30 minutes had been trimmed down a lot more and brought this movie to two hours, the movie would have been a lot tighter. Yeah. It's just so slow there at the beginning, and then eventually it picks up. But that beginning didn't have to be that slow. Well, and it yeah, was so well, many annoying scenes. The beginning after the moon thing, like it's like yeah, because you know yeah. stuff. All of, yeah, after the prologue of you know the right. seeing the little bits of the war on Cybertron and the whole moon thing is just half an hour of Shia LaBeouf whining. One of the best examples is when he, he pulls up to um, the Nest headquarters that's disguised as, like, you know, Department of Health and Human Services or wherever the hell. Right. And he's just being, like, utterly douchey to all of these soldiers. I, w I was so hoping they'd freaking uh, hit him with the butt of the rifle. <laughs> yeah, I, I was hoping he'd get Guantanamo or something. He's like, yeah. hey, you stupid soldier there, look at me. I saved the world. I know Transformer. You better listen to me. I got a medal from the president. It's like, it's like, why are you being such an asshole to these people who did nothing at all to you? Yeah. You know, just doing and, their job. Yeah, and he was then an asshole to Bumblebee and just really horrible and annoying. Could have done with a lot less of that or none of that. I think that about covers it. You know, again, I enjoyed the movie a lot. It's a great action spectacle and it fixes a lot of the problems from the second movie. But as I've just noted, there's still some problems that have been there since the beginning of the series that have not been fixed. And yeah. hopefully they will whenever the fourth movie gets made with whoever's directing it. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh if we get double O or, you know, Gundam syndrome. Like we get, they get some, some director that all the dorks want to do the Transformers <laughs> things. And then all of a sudden he does these movies and it's like, man, those Bay movies are classics compared to this other crap. Cause you, Tran you know, it's Transformers directed by George Lucas. Oh, <laughs> directed. <laughs> <laughs> well, forget, oh. for, forget, forget about any scenes shot outdoors, then. Yeah. <laughs> or, or even with actual humans, they'll just Ooh. use CG humans. CG people, man. It's like so, uh, so Neo, how many uh, Mayan foxes out of five would you give Dark of the Moon to wrap things up? Um, actually, I don't use the Megan Fox rating scale. I use the Carly rating scale. I, I do a 4.75. That's not on the scale. That's my new scale. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't acknowledge Megan Fox. All right, uh, Solboro, how many? It's, 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 it's like it's like some countries don't use the American scale for like um, you know weight and all that. Like most that. countries, yeah. except it, us. Yeah, so I'm I'm America on this one. I have my own scale. I don't use the Megan Fox scale. 
man. All right, uh, Silver, how many Carlys out of five do you give this movie? I, I got I to gotta say, and I, I, um, the reason why is I'm, comparison, I'm comparing this movie to other movies I've seen this summer. And um, I got to say, I'll probably give it a 3.5 in the scale of Megan Fox. I just saw Harry Potter. No, we're not the doing last... Megan Fox. We're doing Carly. Uh, oh, Carly, then uh, 3.5 all the same. I just finished watching Harry Potter last night, man. And that's the way you close the series. But um, this one, it had its ups and downs. Uh, I'll give it a 3.5. Once on again, the, on that's based. Scale. That's based on a book. This is based on cartoons made to sell toys. Yes, I said it. Hey. Sold, guys. What you're telling me? Transformers is made to sell hey. toys? Yes, hey. it's a movie and it has to stand on its own as a film as well. So, um, in comparison to the other films uh, I've seen this summer, Mister, uh, I see a few independent movies on Netflix now. I'm Leonard Maltin. A few, I mean, please. Come on. <laughs> hey, with as much, Whatever. With as much as uh, this guy's on on PS3 on Netflix, he's he's probably got a film sure. school degree by Damn proxy. straight. <laughs> I watch movies all the time. That's and, all um, you ever do. That's anyway. all I ever do. So yeah, we're not um, having that conversation. There you go. Three point five for now. All right. <laughs> I, I will give Rosie Huntington Whiteley eleven out of ten personally. <laughs> Those lips too, huh? Is that the, yeah. where the extra point comes from? <laughs> give her, give, give them her this. Them, uh, them DSLs. Those DSLs. Give her the the spinal tap all the way to eleven. So, she she gets eleven out of ten. The movie itself, despite its problems and its enjoyment, all factored in, I would give it three point five Carlys. There you go. Word. <laughs> So that wraps up our discussion of Dark of the Moon. I'm sure in the future we'll be coming back to Transformers in a while, maybe to talk about Prime when its first season wraps up. Mm-hmm. So watch for that in the future. And you've been listening to Gundam at MHQ. to be a stupid motherfucker to get five on your day off. If you're into sports, working out, or just need a new pair of shoes, and you're a proud listener of Gundam at MAHQ, well, we got the thing for you. If you go to Gundam.net, you can click on the Champs banner and receive 10% off a $50 or more purchase by entering the code AFMAHQCH. Or 15% off of a $75 or more purchase using the code AFGUNDCH. If you're a fan of the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college sports, or even stuff like Major League Soccer and a lot of your uh, premiership soccer jerseys, definitely go to champsports.com for all those needs. And also visit them because they have some great deals on footwear and other products. We, the hosts of Gundam at MHQ, visit champsports.com for all of our footwear and sporting good needs. You should too. I'm tired of other anime podcasts being such a star fest. My plan was perfect, but there was one thing I overlooked, one factor I failed to calculate. He's a dumbass. Hate Narutards. Oh my god, he's wet. And I'm sick of the giant Moe monster wreaking havoc in my anime city. So what's my solution? Make a better podcast than everyone else. Well, at least I try anyway. Join me, Josh Dunham, as I talk about my ideas and opinions about current Japanese music, games, and anime. 
You can find my weekly podcast at www.animation.blogspot.com. That's A-N-I-M-E-S-H-O-N. I review the new shows and manga coming out of Japan, as well as ye old goodies. So check me out. I'm only a Google search away at Animation. A-N-I-M-E-S-H-O-N. Just gotta keep on trucking, yes sir! I'm gonna go outside and make myself a nice, big, shiny, first place medal, sit in the sun, and have a stupendous friggin' day! Gum damn it! Well, alright, you're messy. Would you make me a medal too? This segment of Gundam at MHQ is sponsored by Champ Sports. All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Neo, and on our second less explosive topic, um, we thought we'd dial down the action just a little bit on this one and uh, go back to a listener-submitted topic. And this one comes from the number one Chris Guanche fan, Mula Flaga. And uh, <laughs> his topic is um, Gundam universes and what would it be like to live in them. So basically, we're just going to kind of go in sen- uh, order here and and. Some of the, um, you know, the, all the various Gundam universes, not only the main time period in Universal Century, but also all the alternates, and some of our thoughts of what we'd like, uh, you know, what we'd like about living in them, maybe we, why we wouldn't want to, and, and things like that. So, um, of course, I'm always joined here with uh, Chris and Solbro, and I think uh, on this uh, first one here, we're going to be hitting Universal Century, the one that kicked it all off. And I think uh, the first person we will hit is uh, Solbro, Chris, Solbro, Chris, Solbro, Chris. Solbro, oh my! Would you want to live in the Universal Century? Hell no! <laughs> you would experience the tears of time. Oh my God! The uh, the extent of loss of life in the Universal Century would mean I would not be long for this world. It's not safe to live on Earth because you're uh, a you're a real rocks guy. So yeah, yeah exactly. I'd be destined <laughs> to cr- crash into an asteroid <laughs> within the first episode of the show. <laughs> Whether I'd be serving or just some civilian just trying to job it out in Universal Century. Um, You'd be delivering pizza in a petite mobile suit like, oh, no, this asteroid's real. (laughs) I'll tell you what. If I had to live in Universal Century, put me on Moon Moon because that place was completely ignored and and, and has since been forgotten. I think think in a way, after a while, dealing with the idiocy of Moon Moon, you'd probably want to get killed. The the (laughs) great god. No, put me on Tiger Bound where I can be like... I'll take over. I'll be like, yeah, send all the hot bitches to my colony. I'll, I'll make them my little harem. Because in, 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 in Universal Century, you can enjoy swift death or slow death on Moon Moon. <laughs> <laughs> the death of your soul and I, your I, mind. I died the mediocrity that I had to endure day to day <laughs> in that place. And, and the logic bending. Uh, uh, I guess society that that's exists there because uh, if you and, live and there, Aztec space ninjas, yeah, you have to live there in a cult, um, and um, it, it's either that or or live on the side of the uh, of the winner of the war because they they tend to have I guess less car. Uh, 
And right. that changes every war. Yeah, it's like you just have to have some kind of insight as to and who's going to win that crap. And it, and it, and it, I guess and you're okay depends. if you live on the moon. Because the and moon I, generally is left alone in Universal Century. If you live in Von Braun, yeah. you're, you're okay. But it also depends on your definition of winning. Because sometimes yeah. what, what, is the, what seems to be the winner truly isn't the winner in the end. So. Yeah, <laughs> is the Ayug really the winner in Zeta? Yeah. <laughs> With all their shit smashing, all their people dead, or or in uh, comatose. Yeah, not really. <laughs> exactly. So it'd be kind of tough, but yeah, the moon moon is also a pretty good place to live. Von Brown City is an okay place. They they don't get as much uh much um the people don't get laid to waste there as often as uh, other places, especially colonies. Man, those things are easily picked off. Terrible. Yeah, yeah and you don't want to be a low number colony, <laughs> low low number colony group at all. <laughs> So pick your pick your your Lagrange point wisely. I guess the only safe place to live, comparatively speaking, in terms of sides, is side six. Yes, because yeah. they know to stay the hell out of it, man. At least exactly. for the most part. How, how the hell did they work that out? You know, Whoa. pay off the right people. That's what yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. With space money, Chris. What about you? Would you want to live in the old? Uh... Hell no. I mean, <laughs> Nah. Even even if you ignore the one year war, every few years you have some freaks from space, mm-hmm. bunch of space fascists or space nobility or space weirdos who want to come and smash up everything because they have screwed up ideas or they're worshippers of old space Nazis and just can't quite process the fact that they got their ass kicked, yeah. and that they will always get their asses kicked. Yeah, that's true. So and and there's colony drops and nukes. And every conceivable disaster that there could be. So, death lasers, mm. giant about- new type machines that, that make your mind that of a child's. And, and slice guys, and dice bugs. Oh, and, and bloviating retards talking about you know chosen ones and all this other crap and yeah yeah. Gets... So yeah, don't be found out as a new type in Universal Century. Your life is over. <laughs> hey, do you think there's uh, phone hacking in in Universal Century? Oh. The space space news of the world. Oh. Yeah, with space Murdoch. Space Murdoch. He comes from uh, the Australian colony. News of the universe. <laughs> News of the Galaxy. Woo, horrible. Fox horrible. Intergalactic News. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Universal Century, no, I would not want to live there ever. Too, too much of a... Universal Century is a hellhole. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, it is. It, it's like, uh, what's-his-face said in the new Star Trek, is spa- uh, you know, Dr. McCoy, space is a disease, horrible place. <laughs> I agree with him. You know, Universal Century is exactly what he was talking about. Yeah. Gundam according to Bones. But, um, yeah, I, I'd have to agree. The only thing I might want to do in the Universal Century is go on the uh, Jupiter energy ex- explorations because that's when you, how to learn, you learn how to um, manipulate people, especially women, to do your bidding and uh, be able to uh, act all flighty, and nobody has a problem with that. But, yeah, there's... Uh, call you, you have little underage girls calling you Master Neo. Yeah, Matt, yep, yep. Little pink-haired girls. Yep, yep. And, and grown women. Yep, and grown women with uh, their, their weird daddy complex or their weird needy, needy complex. Yeah. But, yeah, as a, um, as a rule, I would not want to live in Universal Century. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we agreed on, on at least one well, of these. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put this note. I wouldn't mind uh, living in Universal Century if uh, I could have Haman as my girlfriend. There you go. Yeah. Take her away from war and just chill. Like, no, don't blow yourself up. Let's go hang out in Jupiter. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll give you what Char couldn't. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Going at Jupiter sabbatical. Yep. <laughs> or, 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 you know, too, uh, um, the, uh, the other one of uh, Char's jilted lovers, uh, Nanine, she was always, uh, I always kind of liked her, too. So. Oddly uh, enough, it, in the original Japanese dub, they're both, Haman and Nanai are both played by the same voice actress. Well, that, that would only uh, make sense there, so. <laughs> Well, that's kind of cool. At least she got she got she she got to be with a man at some point in the end. So that's cool. Any uh, anything else on Universal Century? Forever hold your peace. That's All right. It. All right. Well, it's a, it's a nice place to visit, but I'm sure as hell don't want to live there. So that's that's pretty much it. It's not even a nice place to visit. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know about that. Yeah, it's a nice place to visit if you're watching it on television. <laughs> I always like to return to Universal Century in in my Gundam shows, but as for living there, hell no. No, that's 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 enough of that. Uh, next one's going to be Future Century. So that would be the world of Gu- of G Gundam. I was going to say Gundam G. I was like, what the hell? Why would I say that? But um, the world of G Gundam. The first uh, alternate century Gundam show, uh, Chris. Uh, since um, you went second to last time, uh, well, how would you like to live in uh, future century? Only if I live in one of the colonies. Exactly. Yeah. Because yep. yes, Earth is a stinking garbage dump. It, 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 it's it's like the it's the only show that's like advantageous not to be on Earth because it seems like all the other shows you, you seem a little bit less likely to get killed. But uh, yeah. So I want to know is, of course, I would live on the uh, Neo-America colony because America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but if I went to the Neo-Mexico colony, which is a giant sombrero, would oh. they have, like, tequila coming out of the fountains? <laughs> and fields of, fields of tacos that you can just pick, you know, ready-made tacos. And, 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 and nachos. Yeah. And, <laughs> and rivers of cheese. <laughs> and other Mexican, um, Mexican stereotype, typical food and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think oh. that would be the colony of Space Bush, Space W. That's where he'd be because he loves them tacos. He loves them tacos and them nachos. That's the best things the Cubans made is tacos. So yeah, I'd, I'd live in in uh, future century as long as it's a in space and b not a colony uh, chomped up by Devil Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> Solbro, what, what, what about you? Future century. I gotta agree. Either that, or the only place on Earth I would probably live is Hong Kong, where all the action's at. So uh, Neo Hong Kong, or whatever it was called in the show, is the only place on Earth I would, I would. Or China, China was not as badly decimated as everywhere else, but uh, Hong Kong specifically. Outside of Hong weird. Kong, it was. Yeah, uh, was it really? Yeah, I guess yeah, so. It was kind of messed up, and you definitely didn't want to go to Japan. Yeah, because that that Ooh. was that was messed up. And... That place was laid to waste. America wasn't half bad when it when it showed no, New, New York. No, York was totally run down. Like, Dude, oh, yeah, it was garbage. <laughs> yeah, it was like so. It was like every block was urban blight yeah. and crumbled buildings. It was like New York of the seventies. Exactly. I mean, there was some semblance of society there, as opposed to Tokyo, which was completely... Neo Turkey seemed okay until that yeah. dude started wrecking it. So yeah. maybe Neo Turkey's not so bad. France was okay too, wasn't it? Which Aside from the bent Eiffel Tower, yeah, that no one bothered to fix. <laughs> yeah, wow. George is only there because he's hanging out on an airship above all of the peasants. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. With his with his lady friend having his wine and cheese. Sweet. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I have to concur. Um, if if you're not living on the colony, then only place I would I would probably hang around at is Hong Kong, pro- for, probably for the for the for the semifinals and the finals of the Gundam fight. You li- um, live in the harbor with those little kids. The, yeah, 
<laughs> Living the har- harbor with the with the war orphans. With the war orphans or the the fight orphans, if anything. But yeah, that that's my uh, that's my 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 stance on that. Yeah, I, Future Century doesn't seem that bad if you are in the colonies, because like I said, it it is the one of the few ones where it seems like um, the um, the colonies are spared any type of uh, devastation, unless you are unlucky and getting the Devil Gundam's grips. But um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say the same thing. Of course, I would be in uh, the America colony. I'd like I'd like to have a <laughs> like to have a, pe- a penthouse by the Statue of Liberty laser. So you know. But With uh, Space MacArthur, Space MacArthur, Space and, MacArthur, and, and Space and Space Patton. But um, nice. Anything else on Old Future Century? Nope. All right. Well, moving right along. Uh, next one's going to be After Colony, and that's the world of Gundam Wing and total pacifism. <laughs> so um, it's the most peaceful of all of the uh, of, of of all the Gundam timelines because they talk about trying to achieve that total pacifism, which everyone wants, but uh. So, bro, how would you like living old after colony? After colony, I, I guess I'm a, a little mixed on this one. Um, it, it has some of the issues that Universal Century has, but not to the degree that Universal Century has. But um, the colonies seem to be probably the place to stay in universe and in, in, in after after colony. Yeah, but unless so- some little crazy blonde kid in a Gundam shows up and wants to blow up the colony, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you better get out of here. You, sh- yeah. you want to live in space and you want to shoot me fighting. <laughs> <laughs> If I was if I was to be anywhere, I'd be rolling with Howard because his ship was untouched. <laughs> oh, on, on, the, board, uh, on, yeah. on, board, on this big ass ship, it's like, yeah, yeah sign me up, Howard, man. I'll I'll the, clean the bathrooms, man. I don't give a damn. The ma- <laughs> the, the magic bus. For that rocking weed you have. The, the, the magic space bus. The magic space bus. <laughs> better, 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 better. Love some uh, dead and fish because I'm sure that's all that's been playing when they're fixing up Gundams. Dude, yeah. I want to. Hey, dude, you wreck your Gundam, man. We can fix it. All I know is I want to party with that cowboy. <laughs> All you're fixing your Gundam, I'll give you some wicked hash that I picked up, man, from a colony, man. It's like zero G weed, dude. <laughs> you ain't never smoked shit like this, man. That new, that new type Kush. Let's go. <laughs> This is the stuff straight from the Oz, from Oz Laboratories, Ooh. man. This is the stuff that they – it's the medical-grade stuff, man. Great. <laughs> grown, grown, grown straight from the Quattro Fields. <laughs> oh, my God. But, no, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would do. That's what I would do in uh, After Colony, man, because that's the, that's the cool place to be. It, it's kind of like the, the good ship Argama. Right? Yeah. You know? All that, all that, all that hashish was pumped through the vents of the Argama there for a while. Everybody's like getting along. It's like, yeah, let's just, you know, free everybody from these bonds of gravity, man, and, and get them going. But more so than the Nahal Argama. <laughs> but that's uh, a story for another day. Yeah, that's 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 like uh, that's that's like bad daycare. That's like reform school. Um, Chris, what about you? After Colony, how would you uh, how would you like living there? It's a pretty non-violent place to live in um, compared to Universal Century. You just have to deal with every month or two, there's some new villainous organization that wants to take over the world. I have to say, though, the only place you don't want to really go is the Saint Kingdom because it's... Yeah, don't, don't, don't live in the Saint Kingdom. <laughs> it's the only place they like continuously bombard. <laughs> but even then, you never see too much in the way of like yeah. civilian casualties in, in wings, so... 
Yeah. Not Pretty much cool. any place is good to live except for the Saint Kingdom. So yeah, w- wings all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'll, maybe I'll live in like Germany so I can hang out at uh, Romafella headquarters and wear one of those cool aristocratic uniforms. Nice. I thought, well, I thought that was Belgium. Wasn't that where Trey's thing was? I thought. No, he... no, they were they were they were they in were uh, Germany. Germany. Yeah. Okay. In Bremen. So, yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd hang out there and wear one of those cool uniforms. So. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It, it, it is the only it is the only uh, universe where you can rock those cool ass uniforms, and nobody's going to give you a <laughs> look at you weird. And um, I I don't know about the colonies because they some of those you'd have to pick uh, carefully because some of them got a some of them are really dirty and run down and old. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and like Wu Fei's busted ass piece of crap. Yeah, and what about and what about seeing that girl and her dog? You might have to see some scenes of that. So I don't want to yeah. see. Some, dead girl and a dead dog and and then some psycho walking with the body of the dead dog down the road so um in, but... in spandex shorts <laughs> <laughs> and yeah why wouldn't you want to do why wouldn't you want to take a sabbatical with howard and the uh you know howard and the the, the magical piece million so um yeah, it doesn't seem like it's too bad. And, and then always remember, the Gundams were never seen again, so you're not going to have to worry about death and destruction there for a while. So. Uh, un- until the novel comes along that completely undoes all of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anything else on old um, After Colony? No, I th- I'm good on that one. All right. Well, next in the old timeline here is going to be After War. This is, <laughs> this is the land of Gundam X, so... Um, I think Soul Pro. How would you like living old land of good of uh, Gundam X after war, the land of two-headed snakes? <laughs> Only if I was born after the conflict at Gundam X would I would I be able to cope. Because man, what what caused they what actually caused the titular title? You know the 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 the, the name of the century. You know the the war itself that ruined that place. It wouldn't be much of a life. <laughs> Well, I don't know Living though because world. remember when Garud talks about his when he talks about his life yeah. as a little kid, that didn't seem like it was all that great too because everybody was yeah, dying. The nuclear winters yeah. and diseases the, the, the and two-headed disease. snakes. There was no sun for almost a decade. And didn't, didn't no he talk about sun. He, he lost like a lot of his little friends and stuff to yeah. So yeah, I don't I know. Mean, it was it was rough, man. I mean, after that, then the world becomes an adventure, and you know that the, the thing the the journeys that that um that Garad and his and his crew went on. You know, it was, it was kind of cool. Well, that's, but, a, um, that's only if you're lucky enough to hook up with the coolest captain on Earth. No doubt. <laughs> Jamil Neat, baby. But um, if, you're, if you're fortunate to, to hook up with his crew and whatnot, then you might have a, a good time. But, man, yeah, the, the, when you hear the story of people coming up after the, after the cataclysm that ruined Earth, you know, with, 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 with the lack of sun for almost a decade, you know, I, I, that, that would have been uh, the first thing. It, people must have been killing each other for survival if, if, the, if the cataclysm didn't kill them. And then the people in the colonies, most of the colonies were wiped out. So unless you were living on the, uh, the, one of the few colonies that survived, man, no, forget. You, uh, as much as I love the show, forget AW. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that place. Chris? I certainly would not want to live there at the conclusion of the Seventh Space War. No. <laughs> that would not be fun. No. I would live in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. A, if I had a mohawk. Oh yeah. B, if I found a Gundam just lying there in in some hidden place, completely undisturbed. Or a cyclone. And C, if I was uh, journeying through the desert, blowing stuff up with uh, NLL at my side. Nice. That nice. is true. Yeah. Nice save at the end. Nice. So save. if if I don't have those three conditions, then no, I really wouldn't want to live in that universe. 
Because, you know, yeah, apocalypse and nine billion people dead and nuclear winter. Yeah, I think the only way I'd want to be is just being the, the cabin boy on, on the, um, on, on the uh, what the Freedon. hell is it? The Freedon, yeah. That would, yeah. Be, that would be the only thing ideal on there. Maybe uh, really helping with uh, Tanya, you know, you know, always finding, you know, finding water for her showers. So that would help, too. And, but then mm-hmm. also I, I would agree if I got a mohawk and maybe made a cool outfit out of used tires and if I could hang out with NLL, that would be kind of cool, too. <laughs> So, yeah, you have to remember that's the uh, that's the dress code of anything post-apocalyptic. Uh, mo- mohawks use tires and like um, you know like pieces uh, of metal, pieces of metal and stuff. It's like skulls, <laughs> skulls. But uh, yeah, uh, trying to go through uh, right after being one of the surviving people after all the colonies dropped. Ooh, man, I bet there was a lot of looting there. Probably made Katrina look like paradise, but um. Oh, yeah, couldn't do it at that point. But anything else on After War, guys? Nope. Nope. All right, well, moving along here, it's uh, the next one is going to be Correct Century, and this is the land of Turner. Now we're talking. So uh, this, is, um, this is the steampunk Gundam. Yeah, we're going to say that because you know, you're, n- you're never going to get anything closer to steampunk <laughs> than Turner. But Chris... What about you? We, we, I, I think I could probably guess where you'd want to stick, where you'd want to be raised. Maybe in the royal court. Moon yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I live on the moon there. I'll, I'll be like, hey, Diana, I'll give you what Will Game couldn't. <laughs> Without the five o'clock shadow. Oh man! I'll tell you exactly where Chris would want to live in that cabin with Diana at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine too. In her bedroom. Yep. You know, the sad thing is, I'd like to be Kiel's next-door neighbor. There you go. <laughs> and in the end, I, w- I wouldn't mind being her concubine at the, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to take, like, uh, probably Tuesdays and Thursdays when Harry has, you know, all the rest of the week, so. See, but I'd what be you, greedy, because yeah. I, would, I would want both uh, Diana uh, and Kiel. You'd want, you'd, want a, you'd want a white bread sandwich, huh? Yeah, and I want to play games like, can I tell which one is which? <laughs> All right, strip down. And and which way would I determine which one is which? Yeah, with me blindfolded. Yeah. So it, it'll be hours and hours of fun. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That, that's true. That, and, that... and I would have as 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 my maid that um, that uh, that busty ginger. Oh, the one that oh, just shot. Yeah. One who got shot in the head. Oh. <laughs> for more, just for more shenanigans. It'll just be it'll just be a wild sexual romp every single day in correct century land. Oh my God. Well, damn. Chris has got this all mapped out. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Nicely well, done. And I think we can figure out Soul Bros because he'd be uh, he'd be laying in, in he'd be lay, he'd be in a cabin with uh, the the most annoying one, Soshi, crying yeah. and bitching because uh, you know he'd be sitting there going, "But Laron was no good for you." Hey, hey she could rest her head on my shoulder. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he was no good for you. I thought that. I thought. Him. I'll throw that fish right. In, I'll throw that fish right in the river for her. Be like, hey, don't worry, I'll, I'll gavin your goonie. <laughs> she, she's in dire need of some comfort. Man, comfort. There you go. But yeah, but I mean, correct century was the chillest of all the centuries, man. It's like it was almost a paradise, even though well, it was uh, stepping until, until they got those weapons. You don't want to live in gnosis when. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> when the moon race invaded, though. Ooh, 
yeah, that's true. That is true. But I mean, end up it, like, uh, like, uh, like Soshi's dad. Like I got work, but um, yeah, taking it, it, it is a step back in technology. It, you know, you're living in pretty much late 1800s and uh, early 1900s that's style. Why I'm living uh, on the moon, mother. Show me that. Living, hey, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind living on Earth in that one. You know, it's just a, it's it's more laid back than most Gundam series are. It's it's very chill, and it, it, you know, people speaking sunbathed with no. No tops on. There's, there's people are pretty liberal with their. Uh, everybody's a hippie, man, and that's cool. That's cool. I like that shit. So um, definitely, correct century is a place I'd like to chill. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd agree with Chris. I'd rather be on the uh, on the moon. I'd only want to visit Earth, you know, for vacation or something like that. But and um, to laugh at the peasants with their stupid technology. Ha <laughs> 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 ha! You and your Model T. Ha ha ha! Oh, look at these fools right here. They got these little airships made out of wood. <laughs> look at me oh, I'm in a mobile suit. <laughs> I, that brings that brings me up though. I bet the old time newsy guys would love Earth <laughs> century. <laughs> We got giant metal beasts from the moon race coming in and attacking. Oh, the humanity of it all. What's with this one guy? And, he's, you know, he's always lording over this little black boy with the white hair. And then he's dressing him up. This is kind of weird. I don't know any men that would any do anything like that. Who? What, what kind of man's man takes another man and put him in a dress? I don't know about this. <laughs> nice. That's not what I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he crying? Because he left him. You know, what? What you, you, need, you, need, you need some stick to it in this there, buddy. Be a real man. All I know is Seabiscuit would have a place in Correct Century. The horse? <laughs> the horse and the radio announcers that, that loved to hype him up back then. But um yeah, those uh it's 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 definitely a chill oh. place and um he, he did win. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're making it sound like Seabiscuit was like the LeBron James of horse racing. <laughs> <laughs> And it comes back to LeBron, 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 LeBitch every time. No, it's LeBron. But anything else on old correct century? Anything else there with the correct century? Anything going with the the horseless carriages and the big balloons with the you know with the with the with the motors in the back and travel time from one place to the other it takes you a, a great old nine days opposed to. I heard I heard that you could go from space to the earth in a barrel. <laughs> I haven't tried it, but I heard it from a reliable source. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I'm getting down with the timeshare in Correct Century. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a first, but um, anything else on Old Correct Century before we move on? Not at all. All right, probably one of um, one of the the favorite centuries of us is uh, the next one here. It's another alternate century, and that's Cosmic Era. Um, so, Chris, what about you? How, how would you like uh, living old Cosmic Era, the world of Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed Destiny? Hell no. <laughs> Cosmic Era is probably a hellhole almost as bad, if not worse, than Universal Century. Because you have genocidal governments always trying to blow each other up with super ridiculously massive death weapons. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of moralizing uh, Mary Sue's and Gary Stu's with ultra-powerful weapons telling everyone what to do. Okay. You have a bunch of little whiny kids who wear fancy red jackets and zaff, not for any actual accomplishment, just but just because they did well in the academy. <laughs> <laughs> and you have governments run by morons who uh, just like to cry in the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know how, you know, my exception, this is how I would live in Cosmic Era. Oh, man, I swear, if you take mine, I'm going to lose it. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go up to, uh, to Kira and be like, uh, Mr. Kira, I'm your biggest fan, and then I shank him. <laughs> I kill him, 
I take the strike freedom, and I just go out on the war path, like, just destroying everything. Do your own personal Operation Meteor? Yes. <laughs> with, 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 with the Meteor, too, yeah. Yeah, take strike freedom Meteor. I'll, I'll, I'll show you a new world order. I'll show you my destiny plan, bitches. Nice. And then I'll put Durandal in charge. Damn. So suck it, jab man. Just ruin that, ruin that, ruin his plot armor for all for all to see. <laughs> but, but always remember, Atherin was the main character of Destiny. <laughs> oh no! No. <laughs> so, how about you? Would you like to live in the old cosmic era? Only under one condition. What's if that? I'm, if I'm rolling with Logal in the junk guild, that's the only way I do it. The only way. We yeah. That, that's the only because that's easily the coolest person in that universe. Actually, and, you know what? If I'm if I'm with him on his ship, uh-huh. I'd I'd rather befriend the drunken professor because mm-hmm. you know you know after you know delicious after, you know every night that you're probably going to get lucky because uh, after <laughs> after down in th- three or four bottles, she's gonna she's gonna need some uh, some time. Yes, sir. So. Yes, indeed. Either that or chilling with guy. Guy's a, a nice second um second choice. And he's a little uh, too intense though. He like, is. He is. But his ship is his ship is. He's a, got a milk cool working for him. No yeah, doubt. He does. And you know, lolly. So if you're into the lolly, you can do that too. I'll take the milk. Yeah. Take some of that coordinator. <laughs> But yeah, um, that, that that's the only way I do it because it clearly Orb is not a safe place to live. That place is always getting hey, raided. Hey, oh, what are you talking about, man? That's that's fantasy land utopia <laughs> and the cosmic era thing. Except you know? for all the times they get smashed, no I doubt. doubt. <laughs> and then and then so quickly rebuilt, like nothing happened. And the um, the, the, the only place you don't want to go, you don't want to be elected in a, a government official because you'll have to your your dumbass leader will say we got to sit in this thing and get burnt to death as we send our kids off to space. No <laughs> you, doubt. You also definitely don't want to live in Berlin. No. That's a bad place. Yeah. And forget about Anchorage. (laughs) Alaska is no man's land. That place got messed up way back in Seed, man. Hell, the safest place to live is the desert, for Christ's sake, in (laughs) in Gundam Seed. And any any random plant could get Requiem. There's more super weapons in that universe than anywhere else, I think. But well, besides Universal Century, but it, it, it would it would make oh. it would make Spectre jealous. <laughs> it would. would be like, damn, these guys are nuts. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is-, <laughs> <laughs> that is my stance on the cosmic era, man. Ooh. Yeah, I'd I'd have to say the same thing. I I think uh, probably hanging with the junk guild is, might be the safest place. Smartest uh, move. The smartest move. Um, and yeah, and if I had to be on Earth, God, I, it would probably be the desert. Even though, um, even that didn't look like a, a great place to be. Because yeah, you don't, you definitely don't want to be uh, on the planet. You, you don't want to get run over by dog mobile suits. Shoot. Yeah, that too. Man, chill with DT, man. That mo- that dude knows how to survive. <laughs> Well, yeah, because he yep. got, he got his uh, character resurrection powers Damn, later no on. Doubt, man, that guy goes through all sorts of stuff, man. Forgot about DT, man. I throw him poor, in. Yeah. Poor, uh, poor, poor Commander Rolfville got killed. Not in twenty episodes, he didn't. <laughs> his wife got smoked, but hey, hey, well, well, nothing we could do about that. Just hook him up with another hottie. But um, in, in a way, though, it, it was probably smart that she died, so she oh. didn't have to. She didn't have to see the embarrassment that was destiny. Oh, no doubt. So, but anything else on Cosmic Era? Nope. No, I'm good there. All right. The last one is Anano Domini, and that is the AD, our current one, and that's the uh, the land of, of uh, probably the worst of the Gundam shows. Um, well, actually, the first season's good, but second season's complete crap, and that movie, who is the trailblazer? But uh, this is the world of Mobile <laughs> Suit Gundam Double O. 
And, um, you know, the first one pretty much set in our current timeline, set 300 years in the future for us. So uh, mm-hmm. this might be hypoth- or, you know, a rhetorical question. Would you want to live in Anunodomini? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Chris, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, if I'm in Celestial Being, mm. yeah. If, if I'm the Meister for Exia and Double O and Double O Quanta, okay. and I'll be like, uh, hey, hey uh, Princess Marina, what's up? Want to open up some uh, peace negotiations? Yeah. <laughs> and then go back up to the Ptolemaeus with uh, you know, a couple of uh, little six-pack of uh, space Sam Adams, and I'll be like, uh, hey, Sumeragi, what's up? You want to do a uh, tactical briefing? A tactical yeah. briefing, is that what they call it? Yes, they call it. Be- best, the best to catch her at, at, in the morning when she's having the DTs. You need, you, you need to recharge Sumeragi. Yeah. <laughs> and then and I'll be like, hey, Felt, I'll, I'll fill in the hole in your heart that Lachon couldn't. Oh, man. But this, this, is, this is second season Felt when she's of age, right? Not... No, I don't care. Either version. Damn. <laughs> hey, it's 300 years in the future. They'll probably have more progressive attitudes. Maybe. They got bigger, <laughs> they got bigger problems than uh, getting guys and, you know, dating 16-year-olds, right? <laughs> yeah, there, there's, no, there's no job for space Chris Hanton in the future. Oh. <laughs> Ever since he got busted, cheating on his wife. Yeah, credibility gone. Um, <laughs> Pedal bears rejoicing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Solbro, what about you? Uh, oh, no, you would. Because you get you would get to hang with the man. I get to hang with, with my king, boy, King King Arthur, and I then s- find that the disappointment of hanging out with him is so <laughs> different from what you expected. Yeah, <laughs> hanging with Mister Crossroad in the year of our Lord, man. Nice. There's less there than what you expected. So much less. So little. Hey, man, hey, it- yeah, could you imagine the phone call? Hey, Saji, it's Sobro. You want you want to go? Uh, you want to go do something today? No, I can't. I got to deliver some pizzas. Then after that, I gotta go deliver this. Hey man, hey, hey man, look, look, I move into the apartment right next door to his. After Setsuna moved out, and we'd have some zany, zany sitcom-like adventures. <laughs> you know what I'd do? Uh-huh. I'd, I'd move in next to him, and I'd steal Louise away from him. There you oh. go. There you I'd go. Punch then. him in the face a few times and beat him down. Like I'm taking your girlfriend because you don't appreciate her. <laughs> and I'm gonna take her for every dime she has. <laughs> yeah, what, see, what, whatever's left. <laughs> I'll take it for all she's worth. There'll be nothing left when I'm done with her. Nothing. Not even table scraps, because you don't get that. You'll get nothing, and you'll like it. Yeah, see? You need to be a real man. Stop stop bowing katow to this woman. You need, you, gotta... you need to hit that stuff. That's what I'm talking about, son. Hit it. Why, hit it why, like are, you, it. why are you bringing her pizza? She be, should be making pizza while you're off working. You should sit there and say, hey, woman, I get home. It's a, I get home. I leave work at 5. I get home by 5.10, and I want thy meal and my dinner on that table at 5. 10 and 30 seconds. This is what I'm talking about. servicing, if you know what I mean, and I think yes. you do. Nice. I, want, I, want, I want my dinner, and then I want a highball right after that. <laughs> and then after that, I'm... I'm my head- highball! And then, <laughs> and then when we're done, I'm, I'm, head- I'm heading up to the bar to talk to the chaps about some of that good old boxing, and maybe watch it on the old Teletube. <laughs> Sweet. But, um... Yeah, I, I I I don't know. I'm I'm a little torn on uh, the AD universe. Uh, listen to me, AD universe. Um, <laughs> but um, this universe, this universe. I mean, there's not that many colonies in space, and they really didn't get rocked all that well. So I probably choose to live in a space colony. Although during that alien invasion, they're probably right in line to get effed up. 
But uh, no, because uh, Saji was on a, 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 a one of the colonies when um, the invasion took place. So uh, well, that, everything that, with you is Saji, Saji, Saji. Hey, man, I'll be rolling with that guy. That guy's awesome, man. That's what that's all I got to say. <laughs> I'll, I'll point. I'll point at you in my gunman and laugh at you. <laughs> I, I I gotta say, uh, I, I I do like the AD world. Is not too different from ours, say for the Mecca and the and 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 the future politics, but. Uh, it's, I don't it's, know. A lot of those politics seem the same problems we have. Now. <laughs> You're pretty much right. <laughs> oh man! Almost to the oh, or, and, and, and then even some of the depictions, almost to the point of getting their own space bomber. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm middle of the road with AD. Um, I gotta say, probably in part because I'm so used to it already. But um, yeah, it, it's okay. Yeah, I, I'd rather hang out on the Ptolemaeus. Maybe I could uh, fly the Curios or the Arios, and um, you know, I'm not going to whine that much because uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, that may we'll have a split personality. Yeah, I won't have a split a psychopathic personality. Psychopathic killer. And you know, Soma doesn't want to do it, but I always know I got Sumeraga there because she was always hot for me. So yeah, you know, that that was the thing. Um, and also, too, you could hang out with um, Ian, you know, and, and just also, listen. To also, him. too, is that a Sarah Palinism? <laughs> also, too. Also, too. But um, you could hang out with him, and, you know, it's always nice to hear somebody bitch and complain about things. And you, you could tell he'd be a, be a good guy to, to deal with after a while. And, um, yeah, the, the places I wouldn't want to be is what, what live in, in Africa by the uh, space elevator. You don't want to be there. Uh, shards of death would be bad. Um, Zadistan. <laughs> So, yeah, N- not a not a great place to be. <laughs> so, um, but anything else for the Double O universe here? Nope. No, no, no I'm, I'm pretty good. All right. Well, any uh, any last minute things before we move on? And uh, with any of these universes, anything that came to mind, or any any other things that you would or wouldn't want to do? Well, uh, since we don't know anything about the show yet, uh, would you like to live in advanced generation when there's a hundred-year war against unknown enemies with dragon mobile suits? No, no, because because it's because it's you know they're catering to little kids, and Gundam's never been about little kids or toys. I don't want to live in the Pokemon universe. I want to catch them all. Since when is Gundam a kid show? With the cell phone mobile suits. Or, or oh, didn't we forget one though too? Um, Which one? The the world of um, God, I'm drawing a blank right now. The short, the model short. Gunpla builders. Gunpla builders. Yeah, that's oh, that's, yeah. that's our universe. That's our same universe too. <laughs> and well, with well, the age, they have you know this they, in Gundam Age, they have we have now this uh, this model kit scanning thing to use in a game. So that's already our reality. Hey, there's well, no difference there. We got no choice with the matter. <laughs> I was just I was just trying to make sure that we hit all things. I, it just came to my mind. I was like, you know, that's um, but um. No, you you were apt to point that out. Yeah, Gundam Age. I mean, hey, dragon dragon mobile suits. Why wouldn't you want to be in dragon mobile suits, man? Find, find against Zoids, man. I would I would I'd love this. Oh, why you have to say destruction. that? Destruction. Hey, man, they'll be destroying Zoids, man. That's all that matters, man. That, now, now, now you just cause Chris to get all these emails now. <laughs> is, is it, because all those guys, they just heard it through the through the internet here. Did someone say Zoids? 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 Oh Where's God. the Zoids? I come to do Zoids. I came for Zoids, man. What happened? Where are they? You should have Zoids on MHQ. Oh, yeah. let me let me let me not let me not besmirch the Zoid fans out there. It, it's if if that's your thing, man, that's cool. But 
it, it's certainly not mine. I'm sorry. No, you should like it. But yeah, um, Advanced Generation, uh, there'll be something to look forward to. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it does. I, I can't really say one way or the other. I mean, wa- watch it be the most uh, devastated and apocalyptic friggin' universe there is. <laughs> we just yeah. don't know. Either that or it's going to be Utopia. You never know. You never know. But um, anything else, guys, before we move on? No, nope, I'm good. All That's right. Well, I just want to thank you, uh, thank Mr. Mulufaga, number one Chris Wanche fan, um, for his submission here for the topic of how it would be to live in any of the Gundam universes, what we would like and what we didn't like. So we, we covered that, and um, I'm sure we'll be revisiting this down the road uh, when uh, after uh, Gundam Age is done with. Uh, so um, until then, we'll be uh, right back. Uh, you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes Pretentious Internet Theater. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is not that podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Enemy Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. This was sleeping with my wife. The goddamn minivan. Welcome back, everybody, to Gundam at MAHQ. We close out episode 82. In our first segment, we gave our renditions and uh, review of the latest blockbuster to hit the theaters featuring robots. That's right. Transformers. Dark of the Moon. You mean not GoBots? No, not GoBots. Dark of the Moon. Although, um, I wonder how, how, how many people in the world would look forward to that. Maybe two? Three at the most. But... <laughs> <laughs> but the Michael Bay quintessential classic. We uh, reviewed that and we uh, gave it a what for. And uh, after that, we talked about uh, what our idea would be to live in each universe featured in the Gundam franchise. And uh, whether we'd like to live and survive in each one or not. And um, gave our renditions of that. Um, before we close out the episode, I know we got little bits of uh, news to uh, to give our listeners before we uh, close out the episode. And uh, I'll turn it to Chris first and uh, see what he has to say. Uh, 
subscribe to Chaos Theater on iTunes and mm-hmm. listen to La Plaza's box uh, right now. Not on iTunes yet, but soon to be there. Soon, soon to be in a few months. And um, you can you can find the uh, URLs. I'm sure put those in the, in the episode notes. If if you want to give them, Chris, I, I stepped all over your URL given last time. <laughs> that would be <laughs> Chaos Theater dot blogspot.com as well as laplashow.blogspot.com and of course all three podcasts are linked under the podcasts menu on mhq.net so that's probably the easier thing to remember yes indeed any other bits of news at all um just always uh support our sponsors petco and uh champs and for all those um you know football fans you know even though it hasn't been done yet but it it seems like uh, the old NFL lockout might, ha- uh, might end, so you can oh. now uh, spend your money to buy new things on, um, you know, spend your money for, you know, to support that multi-billion-dollar industry that everyone loves. So, um, weeds. Yeah, there you go. Way to, way to, way to, way to, way to, uh, to link that in, and um, it's hoping that that lockout is a thing of the past. But, well, you got that one, but then if you're a uh, basketball fan, that they they probably will um, that that lockout will probably. They'll probably lose the whole season. So, but oh, and uh, Neo, isn't there something you want to mention? Some uh, some podcast whoring on your part? <laughs> yeah, very very rarely do I ever do any. Uh, I go on any podcasts, and, and when I do, it's usually a, a great event like we had uh, experienced a few months ago. I was a return guest on the. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside podcast, and uh, with with host Falsworthers uh, and. Um, the, uh, kind of the main event of this this episode that we did a few days ago is um, well me going against the uh, defender of destiny and let's just say defenses were down oh defenses were broken so um, I will definitely you know pass on that information whenever I find out it's up and running so um, I'm sure uh, Silver will put it in the show notes I yeah. certainly will and um you know it, i think uh you know listen to this uh, podcast gold and listen to the great uh podcast of, or the great defense of one of our greatest un or one of one of the hidden gens of all of anime gundam c destiny i'll, I'll listen to it and and laugh and, and laugh. laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh the tears of time <laughs> yes <laughs> or the tears of laughter Oh my God! Well, um, check out check out that episode and uh, the back catalog, like Neo's previous uh, appearance on the show at uh, sbopodcast.blogspot.com. And um, any other news at all? That's it. That's well, it. Um, definitely check out these websites when you have time. Head on over where the magic happens. Mahq.net. That's the Mecca and Anime headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right. It's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. And last but not least, Shinjuku Station has a movie podcast. Shinjuku Station at the Movies can be found at shinstation.blogspot.com. We'll be back in a few weeks with episode 83 of Gundam at MAHQ. Toward the front. Yeah. Look who is. Right. You're the captain. Why, thank you. Hail Zion. Hail Zion. Hail
at M-A-H-Q is a Shinjuku station and M-A-H-Q.net joint. A proud part of the AAA Podcast Network. When you brought a 90-pound asthmatic onto my army base, I let it slide. I thought, what the hell, maybe it'd be useful to you like a gerbil. Look at that. He's making me cry. Hodge passed every test we gave him. He's big, he's fast, he obeys orders, he's a soldier. He's a bully. You don't win wars with niceness, doctor. You win wars with guts. Grenade! Get away! Get back! Dummy grenade. Is this a test? He's still skinny.